Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. 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 Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to the Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, every Thursday we drop member shows to members only. You can get those Thursday shows. You can get Tuesday shows ad-free and overtime episodes when they're available right there on the website and on the Confessionals appy. All you got to do is go to the confessionalspodcast.com slash join and become a member. And all that is yours, my friends. All right. Today, we got some awesome guests in studio here from the great state of Florida. We have the Outcast Paranormal Crew. How you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Here. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is probably the largest crowd I've had in studio. My rule is for max. We're breaking that rule today, but it was, it's absolutely worth it. Uh, we have uh, the I, I, Stacy. Are you Stacy? We have Stacy Brown here. Stacy, are you like the 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 leader of the group, or how is there a leader? Did you start oh, yeah. it? Who started Outcast Paranormal? What's the history of this group? Uh, so it was funny because there was no plans for an Outcast Paranormal. I was making a film, uh, Monster of the Mayaka. I invited all these knuckleheads to come down and be a part of the crew. He's a producer, you know. What I mean, James lived in the area, so I had a local guy there. Joey doing the filming and that morphed into outcasts. We loved like the week was a blast. You know, I'm out there wading them through the gator infested water. And like, <laughs> when I say that there's like 30 gators right there and we were just like wow. cruising through and it was so much fun. And it's like, Hey, let's keep doing this, you know? And so that's, that's really how it, wow. it there was no intention. So it was very random mm-hmm. outcasts coming together and stuff. 
did you have a direction as to what you guys wanted to do with Outcast Paranormal? I mean, you, you have this name Outcast, obviously it didn't start that way. So at some point you're like, hey, we got something here. Uh, let's start doing stuff. Did you have a direction of we're going to do Bigfoot? We're going to do everything. We're going to do movies. We're going to do documentaries. How did this all come together? Because what we're doing today is uh, we're going to be talking about you guys and your experience at the Conjuring House. And just so people understand uh, the Conjuring House and the situation going on right now, Stacy told me on the phone a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's changing ownership. And these guys are the last ones to go in and do a paranormal investigation. And the owners, they said, we don't care what you do in here now because it's not our problem. So all rules are off. Do whatever you want. And these guys went in hard. Yes, they tried opening portals, but we're going to get there. So let's rewind a bit because before we get into the conjuring and stuff, that's, that's a documentary that you guys did. But did you guys start out with that idea or what? Yeah. So, um, Okay, because I've been making films already. I've made a few. Uh, I've done some stuff in TV, uh, both in front and behind the camera. And so we wanted to make some films in this space. Like we like because uh, when you watch a lot of the paranormal media that's out there, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of done all the same way. It's basically the same stuff, yada, yada. And then, you know, you have small town monsters over here. Very successful, very good films. Yeah. Right? We wanted to make a different flavor of ice cream. Mm -hmm. You know, let's go push some boundaries. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, a little bit faster paced. You know, maybe maybe we can do some jump scares and, and add some <clears throat> other elements because they've got it dialed in. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, but at the same time, it's, um, it's more of a traditional, something you would see on National Ge Geographic or... You know what I mean? You it, wanted to do an outside the box kind of yeah, thing. Put it this way: the box. If you ever remember the Slurpee machines mm -hmm. as a kid at Seven Eleven, yeah, yeah. So when you go <laughs> to when you go into a house that something's followed this guy and has been abducting him for years, and he was on a big show, and and there's some really crazy stuff going on, and you bring in a uh, a priest slash rabbi slash occultist slash you name it, and you do a bloodletting ceremony in that house, that's kind of, you know, that's the suicide, right? Remember suicide? You mix all the yeah, flavors. Yeah, He's yeah, talking yeah. about new ice cream. Stacy wanted to make suicide flavor. Gotcha. That, that that's actually is a great analogy. At the same time, there's issue with that because people, I don't know that people are ready for that. You know, uh, we don't get the oh it's a great film uh, from everyone mm. you know you get they love it or hate it yeah, adamantly yeah. Yeah. you know and maybe it catches on if it doesn't we're enjoying it yeah you know uh, that's how I feel with what, my stuff too right I, 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 the, the people it's like I, I've gotten the sense that people either loved Expedition Dogman or they hated it mm -hmm. uh, but one of my the things that I think is the funniest thing is like it's obvious what I'm doing. I'm going out into these environments, seeing what happens, right? I'm documenting the journey. And the one of the things that make me laugh the most is that people are like, well, you didn't film anything. Well, what do you want? Do you want me to fake it? Like, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Because then you're going to be mad at me, you know? So like, I'm just documenting the journey and trying to, uh, to, to present it to you in an entertaining fashion. Right. And fortunately for me, for The Shape of Shadows, we were able to actually really put something out there that had stuff on it yeah. and it was just like it was it was really good so um but so uh that's kind of like outcast paranormal how you guys are going about things and pursuing uh your films 
Uh, you got a great crew here, uh, and it's not even a whole crew. Uh, we, we're missing, what, three people right now from the missing, film? Missing quite a bit because there are two people in Oklahoma, uh, <laughs> you know, that were with us. But people One, come and go, too. Yeah, people come and go. We're kind of like this. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of like a Queens of the Stone Age. You know, they just have constant different musicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know no, I, mean? I got you. I got you. And I wanted to just add to it, like, okay, so what's <clears throat> what, what I love about you is, you know, you're a truck driver, but you had this passion and you decided to take this leap of faith and build the career you wanted, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, one thing we kind of have all in common is, yeah, maybe we come from Bigfooting, but we've always been ghost hunting. We've always been looking for demons, portals, angels, whatever. We're fascinated by the diversity that's out there. Yeah. So if you're going to build your dream company and, and put your Avengers together, then we want to be chasing all of it. Because as you know, gathering all these stories from everyone, there's a lot more weirdness out there than, than mainstream is talking about. Yeah. And it's going to take rogue outcasts like us, like yourself, mm -hmm. To, to, to bring that narrative to, to the public enough to where they become open to it. You yeah. Know? Uh, and, and, I, and I agree with you because it, it's like when you're, and you coming from the TV world, uh, like when you're producing a TV show, you have so many factors involved. I mean, you're thinking about uh, what's going to sell? What's the audience, the general audience, going to perceive and be tolerable of? Mm -hmm. What are the investors and people who are trying to make money be willing to accept because they're thinking what's going to have the biggest return? When you do it like this independently, you now can just be like, handcuffs are off. We're going to get weird and we're going to have some fun. Yeah. But we still have to have some handcuffs. Sure. <laughs> he's pointing at RPG. Why? What, what's this guy all about? He's, he's doing some crazy no, no, stuff. I, I, Listen, guys. First of all, nobody's ever had sex on thermal camera yeah, while hunting. I'm going to be the first. Or, or, if nobody steal that from me, I'm going to be the first. If we put a thermal camera in our butt and ran through this area <laughs> naked at night, not so, a bad idea, right? So, so you guys are really thinking outside the box. Yeah, so. well, what inspires people to make that leap to try new things, to not just go out there and knock on a tree? It's yeah. People like us, it's the outcast. And yeah. there's more of us than there is of anyone else. I think we're finding that out too. Yeah. I think we're finding out that, and that's just in, in general. I mean, you're wearing an Alex Jones shirt. So, uh, but like, that's just in general. Like we, like we live in a world right now where we're starting to see that, I think the general population, there is now an overwhelming amount of people who are starting to look at the mainstream, whatever, whether it's media or yeah. entertainment, history channel, whatever. And we're like, what you've been feeding us is no longer satisfactory. Mm -hmm. We're still hungry because we now know there's more out there mm -hmm, that right. you're not telling us and showing us. And it's leaving the door wide open for people like us who are creating cool content outside those realms to say, yeah, there is more. And let's show you what, what we got here. And so I, I think you guys are doing a great job. Um, I got a chance to uh, review what you guys kind of did uh, and it's obviously very rough and everything that what you guys are doing, you're still building, um, the film and that's what we're doing here today. But, uh, I got a chance to review your sessions and the different, uh, chapters and, uh, of the, of the conjuring house experiment. Uh, do you have a name for this yet? That's it. Conjuring House experience. Are you kidding me? No, I'm on fire. I'm rolling twenties <laughs> today. Like, let's go. Um, Anybody who doesn't get that reference of Rolling Twenties, uh, we'll save it for another day. If you get it, you get it. You get yeah. it, you get it. But um, that's that's crazy. So this Conjuring House experiment, uh, you guys go in there, like I said, and you just light it up. So 
uh, leading up to this and stuff, how did how did this whole thing come together as far as, uh, hey, we have an opportunity to be the last paranormal group to go in and investigate this place underneath this ownership and they're taking off the handcuff. How did that whole thing come together? So uh, Corey Heinzen owned the Conjuring House at the time, right? Uh, I investigated the Bridgewater Triangle and a few other things with him. So we were buddies, and then he bought the Conjuring House, right? And now I have this friend that owns the Conjuring House. So That's wild. I've been up there a few times, not only hang out, but hey, we have this really cool place. We can just do whatever. And he called me one day and was like, hey, bud, I've sold the house. It doesn't close until this date. Uh, I know you've been talking about making a film up here. It's now or never. No holds barred. Do whatever you want. Because they have a list of rules when yeah. you go in the house. We broke every one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he was like, do whatever you want to figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You're more than welcome to come up. And then I called James um, because these things. Yeah, and we were like, because we were trying to decide on our next adventure, you know, to film. And there was a couple options on the table. And that wasn't one of them until you got the call. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of fell in. And I was like, can we squeeze this? Can we work this? And then it was Mm -hmm. odd because then the experiments fell in. It was almost like it was meant to be, as cliche as that sounds. Because the second it booked, then I get a call from Jay Prather. Hey, I'm working on this new experiment. You Would you like to help me set up and do it? And I'm like, hey, guess what? I just booked for a week. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it, it all fell into place. And... I guess it could, you could say it worked great. This is the first time we've all been in the same room together since then. Mm. Really? Yeah. Uh, there were some effects. Life some, got weird after. Yeah. yeah. Life got bad for a lot of us. Wow. Yeah. And we're, and we're definitely going to get into that. Um, so you guys kind of put all this together and uh, it sounds like you made the decision. We're going to go and we're going to figure out how to how what we're going to do in the process but we're going to book it now cuz we have no choice mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like it, 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 as as somebody on this end of things that it does it as well that's like almost backwards cuz yeah. like you want to have an idea of what you would do if you had a chance to go to this location you but it's like hey we're going here what are we going to do we're going to figure that out later we're going though Listen, you know that that's that's the model we're working on that by <laughs> the way our, we're that's working our model on that is let's let's <laughs> Story of our life. Let's just back into this. Let's get her pregnant first and then marry her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's wild. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> that is Kids, doing. house, and then hopefully marriage. <laughs> so uh, you guys get up there and uh, you arrive on scene. Now, you had been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- w- has anybody I'm else from been Rhode there? Island? Okay, so, so I had been there a long time ago, but okay. not at the extent like exploring <clears throat> it in that manner. Yeah. You know? But I was just excited to go back to Rhode Island. Now, uh, you guys are, are getting there. You arrive. Um, before you start telling us what uh, you guys started doing and all the things leading into that, um, let us let the audience know, and I told you this before earlier, before we started recording, um, I was telling my, my neighbor what I was doing today because I said, yeah, I'm going in the office tomorrow. We're filming documentaries. Like, well, what's it about? And I said, you know, actually, you know, you know the movie The Conjuring? He's like, yeah. And I said, well, these guys went and did a crazy experiment at the Conjuring House. And he had no idea there was a Conjuring House, like yeah, an actual right. location. So if you could, for the audience listening, give them a little bit of a history of the house and kind of why 
traditionally at least, maybe you guys have different uh, perceptions and, and ideas about it now since you've been there and did what you did, but leading into that and stuff, what people relatively know The Conjuring House for. Well, Ed, Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren, people know that, was a couple that was a pretty devout Catholic couple that uh, went around and helped people that had demonic entities, possessions or whatever. And this is a real couple in the 60s and 70s that went around trying to help people rid these things from their homes. And, and they were asked to come out to this farmhouse in Rhode Island where a family had recently bought the home. And when they went out there, a myriad of things happened and it never really got solved. I mean, things from it's embellished in the movie, but you know, the a woman getting picked up in a chair and thrown and, you know, horror movie stuff. So they made a movie out of it. Right. And some of it's embellished, but then they made a ser franchise series after that, that is all embellishment. So a lot of people associate the conjuring house with this really slick series or franchise at uh, another one of which is coming out probably about three weeks before our film comes out. There's another one coming out. Really? Yeah. We just saw the, the hotel kind of last night. We saw the, uh, the, the advertisement. <laughs> how, <it>. random. Yeah, <laughs> how random. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. But um, so, yeah, that was a real couple that did that. And that was their probably their, if you want to call it like their crown jewel case. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, when, when uh, you know, another thing I'll mention is before this happened, it almost didn't happen because uh, we were going back and forth with the caretaker, Bill Brock and Corey to try to get logistics going on this. And Corey reaches out to me and says something about because we had a window. Right. Yep. And, and he said, I don't know if it's going to happen now or something. I'm like, what? And, uh, an article from the wall street journal was released and it's an interview with Corey, an interview with the new owner, the interview for what the house sold for this whole well-written story. And I'm like, wow, congratulations. He's like, no, we hadn't closed yet. This is a, this got leaked. This reporter released this too soon. Mm -hmm. This might blow everything up. Because you know, new owner was upset, and wow. they finally worked through that. So it was a series of those things where yeah, we're gonna. No, he's not. Oh, he can't man. get out there. And it was a, a number of those, as you probably know, when you film, it's like hmm. everything that can go wrong may yeah. go wrong or may get you, different. Yeah, you have a general idea, and then you just have that general idea, knowing that that's actually not going to happen. Yeah, and we're just gonna we're just setting off in a direction, and we're just working towards a goal here. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. How much did it sell for? 1.6. 1.6. Yeah. How much did he buy for? 500. Oh, wow. He offered right. it to me for 625. What? And I was like, I don't want to really go to Rhode Island. <laughs> this <laughs> was why right not? after he bought it. it Bro. Made the offer. I can tell you why Rhode not. Island's the best. Yeah. <laughs> People like you. Okay, so, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> off topic, but on topic, yeah. buy that stuff. And then flip it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But Bro, like you would have been like you would have you would have funded Outcast for how long? Yeah, you would have sold what, what for a million do, more. You know, because the only things I want to do is sit at the house with my cat and stay in Wakala County, Florida. Like, yeah, I'd but be that Wakala house County wouldn't let rent. you leave. That house no, is perfect that, for you. That was you would the be problem, like, but yeah. I wish I, 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 I honestly, if you would have told me that, I'd be like, yo, I'll buy for six and I'll flip that John for two. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but anyways, that's that's really cool in the history of the Conjuring House. Well, the house, uh, the house is older than the country. Okay. Yes. Uh, so this house was built, I believe, when George, or a few years before George Washington was even born. Um, it's 1600s, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a road that runs through there, and that's the original road 
that connected, uh, I think, Pennsylvania to New York or something like that. There was some road, some, it was a, a horse and buggy road, right? But it still goes through the property. They still cut the rock walls. And then the thing about the place is the, what's his name? The the war, King George. King, is that it, who mm-hmm. it was? Yeah. Uh, the war was fought there. And in the yard, there's 12, I believe 12 buried soldiers in the yard. But all these natives died, all these people, and then just the whole area. Mm. You know, and then also it's smack dab in the Bridgewater Triangle. You know, King's Philip. King, King Philip's Phillip. War. King that's King what it was. Yeah, I knew I was messing was up. Was it 1635? Phillips. Something like that, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very terrible war. They don't even really talk about it a lot. Uh, well, but um, explain why they don't talk about it. Because it was so violent. More people you died know. in that war than all the other ones. Yeah, like per capita. Most, per capita, it is the most brutal. And the majority of people that died, as Corey had said, you'll see in the film as well, is uh, uh, women and children. Mm. So who wants to talk about that in terms of expanding and, and you know running a country? Nobody. That's like the shady past you don't want to talk about. But that house is only in the spotlight because of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Right. Like nobody right. would know about Harrisville, Rhode Island. I mean, it's in the, it's the middle of nowhere, Rhode Island, which I know it's not very big, but... Nobody would know about that unless they came to investigate. Right. And the and the thing that we're finding in our research, the thing that we're finding, which you're probably finding as well, is we go to look at one spot. It's the house. Mm. It's the person. And then wouldn't you know it, all the weirdness tends to point to, no, it's mm-hmm. the land. The land. The land. And that's really kind of profound. And Stacey, I think you were the one that said it, one of you, where it was like, no, this is a Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. But but basically, TV is like the new Ed and Lorraine Warren. If TV really put a spotlight on it, they could show that what it truly is. Because mm-hmm. the neighbors have even more crazy shit going on. Right? But nobody yeah. talks about that. Really? It's Which is fascinating. It's the whole place. Yeah. Wow. They just don't want the publicity because look what happens. You get people showing up in your yard, yeah. you know, taking pictures at two in the morning. Guarantee you, when the neighbors are ready to sell, they'll start advertising the, the paranormal activity right. for about two years and then yeah. they'll sell. It's the best marketing they could <laughs> yeah, ever do. They're like ever. double the value of that house. Heck yeah. yeah. They'll have Zach Baggins coming out to, to <laughs> buy the property, you know, uh, or a Tony Merkel or something. I don't know. It depends on how deep the. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, that, that's that's really and just to correct myself, it was uh, 1675 when the war happened. Nice. Uh, so about a hundred years before we were a country, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so that, that's uh, and tons of bloodshed. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we find that with the Skinwalker Ranch area, you know, this, this Space Wolf Research butting up against Skinwalker Ranch, they have tons of activity on that property uh, because it is the area, it's the land, uh, and that's what we're finding a lot. And this is a very old, ancient land that we live on yeah. all over this country, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that the history of this land and and uh, what happened here for centuries uh, plays a lot into what people are experiencing. Uh, and if we would start paying attention more to it, I think that we would come to a lot more uh, more conclusions that provide uh, possible ways of thinking that would give us answers than what we tend to do now because we're so caught up in Western civilization. We're smart. Yeah. We're science. We're this. We're that. We're beyond. We're not above beyond anything. We're still the same humans, species wise, 
that existed back then. Nothing's changed. Like, like, and I believe personally that we have a lot of lost technology. I think they were actually really smart back then and things happened and we actually lost technology. Hey, don't tell me that it's impossible because we got NASA saying that we lost technology on how to go to the moon. So I'm just saying, yeah. if that happened in the last hundred years, <laughs> imagine 2000 years, we could lose technology. It can happen. Yeah. And one other thing about the land that we didn't even know, or I didn't know before we went there is there's a stone circle right next to the house. That they don't know how old that is. Really? Yeah, it's about what thirty feet in diameter. Yeah. Did they yeah. say they know what it's from? What it's for? No. They call it the vortex. No. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Love yep. it. Love so. it. A lot oh. of speculation. There's always a, a mix of legend and lore and mythos that goes with a house like that. Yeah. And, and some things you can. <clears throat> it's like sifting through the fly fly poop to get to the pepper. They look the same, mm. but some is and some isn't. So you, you hear, you know, you hear things and then you look in, it's like, ah, it's true. No, it's not, man, maybe it is. Or, but this person said it was. So it's hard to tell with some of it, but you were the ones that draw borders, right? Yeah. Property lines, yeah. state lines, yeah. you know, 1600s, they didn't have a border that said, look, atrocities were committed here. There's a, an energy or whatever. And it only borders here, right? Because mm. there's a new count there's a county right here we can't cross the line paranormally <laughs> yeah right yeah doesn't make any sense no it doesn't so make any sense. when you think about it like you did if you uh, get something that borders it there's a very good chance that it's going on there too but the attraction is the house itself right so yeah. everybody focuses just on the house and we expanded that focus and we probably come to a different conclusion maybe yeah and that's, and that's even with wildlife i mean yeah. like even in the town we're in right now they're like on, on my side of town i'm on the outside of town over here uh, kind of further away from the mountains uh and they're like we don't get bear out here on on the, the like this side of town just about five minutes that way they're like oh yeah we get bear all the time and so when they're like we don't get bear out there i'm like that's a cute story bro like that's <laughs> yeah, a cute right? story you just you know? haven't seen one <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yet, yeah. yeah like or the wild hogs like you know what i mean like we like it's just like no they don't know boundaries you know right. uh so yeah i totally get it so all right you guys you you know the history of the property you guys have this unique opportunity you start getting an idea of what you're gonna what you're gonna do. So let's now start moving into these experiments that you guys uh, performed. Uh, how many days were you guys at this location? It's five. 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 Yeah, that's five a days. great. That's a great time frame right there. Most people they're thinking a day in a day out kind of thing. Five days gives you a lot of opportunity to do a lot of funky stuff, and you guys did it. Uh, so you guys, uh, with what you sent over to me. Uh, you began and ended with World Gate. Okay, mm -hmm. so we're going to start with that. Uh, World Gate Experiment 1. Go ahead and, and let the people know what the experiment is and some of the things you guys... And, 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 and if you feel like World Gate Experiment 2 needs to tie into it as well, that's fine. Uh, but start letting people know what is World Gate Experiment. Okay, so World Gate Experiment was um, a guy named Jay Prather. Okay, a buddy of mine lives in Maine. Uh, he makes all this tech for Ghost Adventures, uh, Nick Groff, whatever Nick's doing, uh, Ghost Brothers. Like, if you've watched one of these ghost shows, chances are they're using his tech in every single episode. Wow. Right? And he's under the radar. He doesn't want people to know him. But Too late like, now. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, he doesn't want Jay. the government to Jay. know about him. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he calls me up. Tells him he's got this new experiment. He needs a he needs a crazy dude to ride, and I'm always willing to ride. Right, dude, that guy is qualified. <laughs> uniquely qualified. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Uh, anyways, what it is, is an old Nazi experiment. Okay. The Nazis were using it to remote view on the allied forces. Right. So then, you know, Germany falls. Uh, we take all the scientists, CIA after their, you know, uh, somehow when they get formed, they get a hold of this experiment and they try it for like six years. Okay. They're doing basically the same thing. Jay was the world gate, right? They come out of that. Um, I think in 2002, I want to say, uh, in 2003, the, the, the documents were declassified, okay? And it details that uh, reality is fake. Uh, all religions are real. Uh, we, we live in an energy hologram. This is their findings coming out of this, the CIA, right? Mm -hmm. It's just saying some dude on Facebook saying this. This is like, hey, this is what they're saying, but there's a page missing, page 25. Um, and so they... They were doing it, I'm sure it tied into like with the MK Ultra stuff because it was probably, you know, kind of the same yeah. same ballpark figure, late 70s, you know. Uh, but then, uh, would you know, it's not long before we go and do this, page 25 surfaces. Jay calls me, I got it. I got it. I got page 25. We're doing it, you know. And <laughs> it just basically confirms that what he's doing is on the right path. Now, the CIA had done these experiments in a controlled laboratory. Yada yada. Jay Prather's wanting to do it in the most haunted locations <laughs> in the world. Like, let's travel. You know, let's see what's really going on with the house or, you know, whatever else. And so that was the kind of just to it. He changed it a little bit. You know, he made it his own. He, he I guess he was inspired by it, mm. you know, and then made this other little like dinner recipe out of it. And uh, so that's what we were going to do. Uh, the world gate is in uh influenced a lot with Dramatria. It's like universal numbers. Mm -hmm. Um so couldn't everybody do the thing. Uh RPG wasn't able to be in and part one. of the experiment because you know, he Jay's calling us and getting birthdays and uh the date that it's happening and, and all these numbers have to add up and then that's where it determines where you're gonna sit. Uh so he Jay talked to me for an hour and I understood a little bit of it. <laughs> and I just like, it's like name, name, rank and serial number was about all I could give him. Mm -hmm. But he, he was trying to explain the science behind it. And it, it, it's a lot to take in. Right. But he was, you know, he's like the mad son, like uh, Marty McFly, you know, or whatever he's <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's, he's got the, uh, uh, the code there. But, um, so he had a trailer he brought. That was what command center about a 20 foot trailer. And it's just full of monitors and all this equipment. And literally we got there and that's, while that's the first experiment. It took two days round the clock to set it up. Wow. I mean, we had ca cabling. It was two days of literally round the clock and, and, and we are on a time crunch because it had to happen at a certain time. On a certain uh, day. Like, like, wow. like Marty McFly, we had to have the clock tower strike, yep, yep. whatever for the car to go, right? Yeah. And so there was a lot of pressure because, as you know, things just don't go right and there's little glitches here and it's an old house and you, it, with electricity, it's it's a whole thing, man. And he literally had a, uh, uh, a Justin and his son, his son yep. 
that, awesome. that also helped and traveled with Ghost Adventures. And, and they came up in this fully equipped van full of stuff, like utility van, like a, you know, a tech would have. And those guys worked round the clock for two days to get it set up to where we can do it. It's not like we rolled up and like, okay, let's get some monitors and do this. It yeah. literally took 48 hours or more to set up. That's incredible. So what's, and what's funny is I'm the only one that did not line up with universal math. And to this yeah, day, I'm still go. pissed about it because yeah, I, was gonna say. <laughs> I, no, I, I call, I say bullshit, but it's not my experiment. So you got to be respectful. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's really interesting about it is uh, as a modern neuronaut, like I experiment with psilocybin to help break down the barrier, the veil, as you call it, so that I can move through, you know what I mean? And be it peace and actually be able to have experiences where if I wasn't able to, I might be too nervous to have it. Mm -hmm. But what it seems that he's been able to do is create a hallucinogenic journey without any drugs. So, and, and it's not just hallucinogenic, it's like astral projecting, interdimensionally moving, kind of that veil, whatever this holographic world we're in, whatever that in between is, he creates that around you. And what they were able to experience, which you'll see in the, as you've seen in the film and would talk, uh, is extraordinary. I mean, it's it's absolutely. He's a baby CIA guy. He's like a rogue CIA agent that's going around and be like, oh man, let's go do this in this haunted house. And, <laughs> and but what happened to all of them? If you unless they are all lying, and you have a wide range of knuckleheads, right? Yeah. Then what he has been able to reproduce is what the CIA was able to produce. Wow. And that's pretty profound. And that's and that's why I'll always be pissed because I wasn't a part of yeah. the I wasn't in the space shuttle when it took well, off. So like with the numbers, right? Um we were having a weird thing to where I was available for two seats, right? And I'm mm. like, did you put junior on the end of it? And he's like, oh, it was so then he put junior on it and I wasn't available for a seat. However, Stacy Brown still was, put senior on it. And then I asked about a number. My father passed away in 2018. <clears throat> we had this number that he would get to me after he passed away to tell me he was all right. And that popped up. Popped up when in the in the math in the numbers in wow. the, the forming of the experiment, so there was a seat for him, right? For your dad, mm -hmm. wow, it was wild, yeah. Right? But uh, sorry, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, it was to have that, so I didn't even get in on it because you know we're like, hey, now we can get somebody maybe that's on the other side that can even help further this. Wow, you know, so that was the reasons. It it had it was so precise the the part you sit in the house where you're positioned at and every everything was like dialed in through that math and then I asked Jay I was like did this number come up he's like yeah what does that mean and I was like oh bro it's wild and that was one and of then the that, that kind of like doesn't that kind of like lead into what actually happened there too yeah right you know and, and so in summary, this experiment is CIA ran an experiment based off of not Nazis experimentation. Once it became declassified, all the documents are there except for one page. That page gets found. Jay Prather finds it, builds an experiment around it based off of universal math and frequencies, key here too, and positioning and timing and all the physics that go into it. Put that together, we bring it to the most haunted location in America, and 
proceed with that experiment and we do it twice, right? Uh, the frequency was a big part of it as well. Mm. Like there has to be a certain frequency. Now, when you hear that, what does it remind you of? Skinwalker Ranch has mm -hmm. this frequency, right? That yeah. they've discovered does that. I'd be curious to find what Jay's frequency ranges on that. But it was a big to-do, trailer full of equipment, two days to set up. We, we set it up and ran with it. And the results that we had, um, although to each individual were individual, um, as a whole, it started, it, 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 as they say in Skinwalker, it poked the hornet's nest. Some things started to happen mm -hmm. after that. And it's, it's interesting because um, I remember seeing how when he was describing to you guys and talking to you guys about what you're about to do, he was over the top confident. Oh, yeah. But... And, and, and when I was watching it, I was like, dang, bro, like you, you, you're really confident that, that because he, he was like, I'm telling you every single person here is going to have an experience. And I think he even said, if you're in, if, even if you're not part of the experiment, you are going to have an experience. And I was like, bro, like yeah. you're talking, you're walking very yeah. confidently, <laughs> but hearing the process that goes into this experiment, all the things that that had to align and the, the the depth that he went in with it, it makes sense that he was able to talk with such confidence. Yeah. Right. Uh, what were you going to say? Well, I, I was just going to say, um, RPG said hallucinogenic. I want to make it clear, I don't think any of us were having hallucinations. Mm. That frequency no. opened something up and we were able to see something. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen anything that clear in my life just trying to visualize with my eyes closed. It was like watching a movie. And this is all through an audio track. Yeah. Right. That's another thing I, uh, I left out. He builds this audio track based on the math, your location, and all that, and, and the place in the house. And I guess hallucination is the only way you can, like, the only way I can get it across when I tell normal people about this that don't know what I'm talking about. And it's like, an audio track made me see things that were there. They were real things. Like I, I have tangible uh, proof from it because we're, we're breaking down. We're having similarities. Different people are having similarities. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like with a mushroom trip or something yeah, like no, that. No, I mean, like you guys were interacting with each other in another right. realm. Right. Like, like we'll, we'll put it in Tony words uh, for the show. People are used to hearing like, I don't remember if it was like this for the first one, but for the second one, uh, at least I remember seeing you guys recap and it, there was interaction in the other realm amongst each other. Yeah, and, and I remember there were several different times that where this was brought up, but I remember, uh, I think it was, I'm looking at my notes here, uh, Austin and his dad, Justin, right? Mm -hmm. They it, it, So Austin is the is the, the son, right? Yeah. So, so Austin said that he was in the other realm interacting. You guys are all were talking about hearing a female voice. Yeah. Uh, but Austin came up to you, Stacy, mm -hmm. and shook your cot. And when he shook your cot in the other realm, you felt it. Yeah. And so it, it was, it, this is something that um, is, and you guys filmed the recap. So when you're talking about feeling something shaking you, that's when he interjecting is like, oh, well, I actually shook you. You know, right. and so it, mm -hmm. there was a lot of that, and then and then on top of it, like the things that were happening around you guys as you were recounting what happened, there was actual activity happening. Mm -hmm. right. So so what you guys did, and I'm not saying that um, from my perspective, I'm like, oh, you guys are a little crazy, but it takes crazy people to do this stuff. To but like you you guys 
uh, married realms for a period of time is how I would describe it. You guys took a realm that's unseen and this realm that is seen and you combined them and you had interactions with each other, but other things as well. I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. And, and the other thing is Jay instructed us. We, we had, he sent us audio beforehand and he's like, I need you to listen to this audio in a quiet place, try to do it this much time each day and build upon it. But I need you all to visualize a, a door to another realm or, mm. or like a portal door. And the thing is collectively, we're going to open it is, is the ultimate experiment that the Nazis, that the CIA, and that we were going to try to do just in a place that the veil was thin, if mm. it would seem, right? And instead of basically a CE5, it's a CIA5. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <Hey> now. <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take that for sure. But yeah, uh, uh, it was just, it, when it takes crazy people to do something like this, but how, how, how much worth is in knowing that mm. these things exist? What are you willing to do? Mm. Where are you willing to go? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the thing Jay left out, and oh, I didn't learn this until like months later. Mm -hmm. You can become, so the CIA says, untethered, where you don't come back, mm. right? But your body's still alive, laying there in that chair. He left that part out. <laughs> he left that out. I'd have so, done it anyways, but you know, uh, it yeah. was it was because what it's doing, it's lowering your frequency of your brain from like thirteen hertz down to like four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you're in this theta state, I yeah. think it is, and uh, then you're able to open up, and then you have all the people at once, intentions. You know what I mean? On right. a door, on opening a door, so. Um, you guys, uh, you guys are in, having this intention of opening a door. And I remember I, I, it might've been Austin, but somebody talked about what they saw, which was like every door they ever saw combined into one, uh, cameraman here, yeah, <laughs> Joey, cameraman. Joe, our camera guy. So, so resident skeptic. Yeah. It, it, which is great to have. Um, but, uh, that description is something that's hard to fathom, hard to picture for yeah. somebody who isn't experiencing mm -hmm. it, which is a, a common thing with a lot of this stuff. Um, but you guys uh, pursuing this opening a portal, opening another into another realm and stuff. I mean, th this is very dangerous territory. This is this is uh, something that I, I personally feel is uh, very real. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, and if you don't do it right, if you if you don't know what you're getting involved in, it could it could really backfire. So the fact that you didn't have all the information, yeah. like like I'm, you know what, like and I'm not knocking the guy, Florida man. Every, everybody's got their own agendas in life, but homeboy did it on purpose. Like he's like, I'm gonna leave this out. He's like, oh, well, we're doing this experiment. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Stacy said yes. We're not to all the information, but you know. <laughs> Said yes, probably. And you hear him in the movie say, he asks, what happens if we open this portal? And he says, well, we'll deal with that if it happens. <laughs> yes. And his intention was to open that portal down there in the, in the, that was the living room, really. Yeah. The conjuring yeah right house. there in the center that of the house. Was the, that was the focused area for where the portal was supposed to open. Now we were scattered all over the house. Mm -hmm. You were there. Yeah. Right. You were sitting there. Right. So, you know, I imagine if the it happened, we would have The portal was supposed to open in front of him. Right. 
So um, the portal did open in my mind. It's just not in this realm, mm -hmm. okay? Because what you guys did is you had to open a portal in order to do what you guys did and performed. Uh, you the the fact that you guys were able to do what you did, had the experiences, you had to walk through a portal if you want to call it that. You know, like you had to. There's no like you had to walk through like the door to this room is a portal to this room. You had to walk through some kind of portal. It it just you may not have had it like you know suck you in into another realm with the cameras and document it all right, which would have been awesome by the way. <laughs> but. Uh, Tell me about this experience then uh, with what you guys had. Like, what was it like? I mean, was it instantaneous? Like, with, like is, it a, is it a slow progress to get to a point where you're now in this other state of existence? Like, we're talking about this other state of existence and stuff, but like, what is it like going from point A of, I sat down in this chair, we're about to do this experience, I, I experiment. I, I don't even have headphones on yet. We're, we're, I am very much in this realm to now I'm doing something else that is so bizarre, weird. Like, what is that process like? And I'm imagining it's probably a little different for everybody. But I mean, like, is there anything that you can describe for people to understand what it was like? What did you experience? What did you see? Did you feel things? Like, did you hear things? What were the senses doing for you in that process? I can tell you that for me, it's uh, it's almost like you want to be when you go into a surgery, right? And they're going to put you under. Like I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember the moment that I'm conscious to the moment that I'm put under, and you never do, mm. right? It's not like that. It was kind of like that where you don't really know at what point uh, things start to blur. But <clears throat> like for me, I thought I was going to, you know, I had a preconceived maybe notion of what I would see or, or, or this door and this door would get closer, all this stuff in my head. And I end up, there's a tone that was playing it, it, within the frequency that was a higher tone. And I, I see him, Stacy, singing this tone or it's coming out of his mouth. And I know he lost his father, you know, uh, but then his dad's trying to follow the tone through clouds, like his dad's walking, trying to find Stacy. And it made me emotional. And I'm like, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't what I was supposed to see. like I, in my mind. Why am I seeing this? But it was clear as day. You know what I mean? I saw it. I had an emotional response to it. That is not what I signed up for. I thought I signed up for like, why him and why his dad, mm. you know, but then I forgot about you know, they had a seat for his dad, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the, the number that came up between him and his dad. Why, and I was in the center of that where the, uh, where everything was supposed to open. And that's what I saw. Yeah. The portal was supposed to open directly in front of James. Yeah. He mm -hmm. was the, the guy to go through and that was picked by the, the math, the numbers, right. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know because I only did it the one time. So I don't know if there was a difference in the, the two. Right, the the two experience experiments because the whole trip, that whole week is like you're going up the roller coaster, yeah. right? It's slowly building and building and building, and then you drop off the end, and that was the end of the World Gate Two, the drop, hmm. because then the house was that was the most active I think point I had been in any haunted location, uh, everything happening at once, but. It was, uh, for me, when I was doing it the second time, I'm sitting here messing with my headphones because I thought they wasn't working. And then all of a sudden, they're working. And I quit hearing the audio. 
because I'm seeing everything. The audio is still playing in my ears, blasting in my ears. You just stop hearing it. You know what I mean? Your brain gets to where it's supposed to be, and it's it's we had sleep masks on to keep the light out and all that. Didn't even know I was wearing it. Like I'm seeing as if I'm not wearing it. Like it wasn't the things I was seeing were not like just like kind of little visions. No. I was vividly seeing it as I'm looking at you right now. Hmm. You know, and then you get brought back because the audio we need to close the door now. You know, and that that was the biggest thing because when you would see us afterward, we had plans afterwards. All right, hey, we're gonna go and do this investigation. We're gonna ghost hunt yeah. it now and all this. You know, like a zombie. Yeah. It's like I've been lobotomized. I'm just, ugh. you know what I mean? Your brain, it takes like 30, 45 minutes for your brain to get back into where it normally sits. Because what you're doing is you're syncing the hemispheres. You have a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere. And so once he syncs those, that's when you travel. And getting out of that. Because he brings you back out of it. The audio brings you back out of it. But I didn't want to leave. Mm. I was good. You know what I mean? So it was probably different for everybody, but that was, they just come to a point where I'm laying there. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to fall asleep, you know, yada, yada. And then click. So I'm out. But maybe you did, right? Like that's what I think is really fascinating. What does the experiment do? It takes you down to a dream state, mm-hmm. but you're awake. So maybe what he's really been able to, because the human mind is the most powerful thing, maybe the most amazing thing in this universe. And by lowering you down to your theta waves to where you would be dreaming normally, but now you're still wide awake, that veil is no longer there. And all these things you're seeing are the same things you would experience while dreaming. Hmm. But now you're wide awake. Because I, from my perspective, pissed off outside going, I didn't get to play in this reindeer game. I'm staying with Jay and his thing. And Jay's hilarious, by the way, you know, smoking cigs and he's just all twitchy energy. And he's like, man, man, we got to get this and this is off. And then he'll run off and come running back in. And but long story short, I'm watching them. And what they will tell you is spectacular. But from an outsider observing, they barely, they barely moved. They barely did anything. They mm. were just sitting there. So that's me, and not trying to be a skeptic, but just who I just watching. And you're expecting, yeah, Stacy to levitate and him to fly through the portal, but they didn't. You know, yeah. so fascinating. Like, what was really going on? And I don't know, as an outside observer, and I want to hopefully line up with the Universal Mass someday to do it. Uh, they were awake dreaming, mm. or but maybe awake dreaming is really awake jumping portals, mm. traveling, and maybe other you know, realms. Yeah, omniscient, yeah. you're godlike. You know, it's interesting because what you're describing, what you guys described here. Uh, I made a note here. I just wrote down movie shift, but unaware. And w- what I meant by that is um, in movies, when you have a trippy movie, there's a lot of times where like somebody is like, they're, they're sitting in a room and it's a haunted house or something. And all of a sudden the shift happens. And as the viewer, you don't even know the shift happens mm-hmm. until all of a sudden you see things that don't exist in this realm. And all of a sudden you realize they just, they, th- that shift happened. And that's kind of like what you are describing where you're, you're in the natural, you're playing with your headphone and all of a sudden, boom, yep. the audio is still playing, but you don't hear. And something, it's like you're here, but you're not here. It's something changed. And that's what you're, that's what yeah. you seem like describing. That's, that's the way it was for me. Cause there was a point where the, I just started seeing things. And during the first experiment, I was more freaked out about being in that room by myself yeah. in the dark in the experiment because I was skeptical and I had not only visual, but I had audible 
and sensory experiences during the first experiment, but nothing that would have scared me. Mm. You know, I was seeing things and it was like I was looking at a, at a screen, mm. but my eyes were closed and I had the, gla- the uh, um, face mask on, but I could feel or almost hear like things around me. And I was making hand gestures. Like if I, something was over here, at one point I felt cold. And I put my hand out to try to see where the cold was at. But there was also a point because we had actually dug the grave for that one experiment mm-hmm. during the day. And there was at one point where I'm sitting there and I'm, I feel like I'm digging that grave. Hmm. It, I mean, it's, and I'm thinking about digging that grave and I believe I was moving my hands. I haven't looked at the, the footage to see if it was, but I didn't leave that first one feeling anything other than man i want to do this again Hmm. and then the second one that was completely different it was it was dark yeah tell them tell them well i mean there's so much stuff that happened between there because i feel like the first experiment kind of opened something started something the second night we did the seance and it started a lot of activity in the house Mm. And then the third night we did the second world gate and it from the get go was dark. I went from seeing through a screen to it being like my eyes were open and I could see the room I was in, but everything was shadowed. But, and all I saw were things moving around and I was hearing talking. I thought the audio had been changed and there's a reason for that. So right away, I'm like, something's wrong. And then I start seeing weird, crazy stuff, like faces, stone faces with glowing eyes. and Interesting. And stuff I saw in the previous experiment. But like in the first one, I saw this white, this road with these white fences, snowy, and these big white dogs jumping around, going back and forth. Oh, how cute. Then, yeah, but then I see it the second time, there's no dogs. Mm. And then it keeps going down from there, and it gets worse. And I saw Stacy in the second one Mm -hmm. he was doing the experiment i saw him standing outside a car facing somebody and then of course we find out later he had an experience inside a car Mm -hmm. and it lined up with about the same time we Mm -hmm. i think we figured out and that and that's what i was saying earlier how you guys interacted with each other Mm -hmm. and 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 that's that's where the validity of this experiment comes in because you guys do the experiment together you share notes afterwards and your notes are intersecting. Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own yeah. storyline of what they experienced and what they went through. But at certain points, your paths were crossing and you're describing things. And that, that, that's uh, fantastical in the most positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the goal for you guys with this experiment? Uh, was it just a, hey, let's see what happens? Were you trying to accomplish anything particular or just to see, does this experiment work? The goal, and Jay stated it, was to open a, a door to the other side. We, can, we wanted to yeah. physically walk through to another dimension. Okay. And what but, happened was we opened a door to something because after that point, uh, like Stacy said, everybody was in this kind of odd state where we kind of couldn't do what we were supposed to do next. Viscerally, I saw Richard after the second experiment, uh, 
come char I heard a thud. He comes charging past me down the stairs. I look in his eyes. And it looked like he saw a ghost. <laughs> like he or or he was going to kill somebody or he was sick. I didn't know what was wrong. He goes outside immediately and confronts Jay at his trailer, kill saying, you, "You added audio. You did something. Like you altered this." He he was upset. I saw Stacy come up out of the basement, right? Or yeah, he yeah. was in the basement, and he had this that same wild eyed look, and he's mumbling about stuff. Like these guys were viscerally mm-hmm. upset. It, but that's I don't when know you heard upset. the moan. That's when you heard the moan was after I went out the door. Yeah. A woman moaned from the room I was in. It was yes. Like, I went out the door. What's going on? They heard a, oh, or something like that. We, everybody went outside just to get outside. Justin and Austin, father and son, are standing by the doorway that leads upstairs to the birthing room, which is as creepy as it sounds. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm standing about 20 feet away from them in the living room area where I had done, where I had just got up my seat and we hear, "Ah." and we look at each other and all same thing. Did you hear that? What was woman moaning? No cameras. You know what I mean? Everyone's outside. We go towards them where the moan was up above the stairs. We hear another moan, like it's leading us upstairs. We follow it. We get up to the door, the closed door of the birthing room, and we hear huh, on the other side of it. And the young guy's like, it's in there. <laughs> and so we open the door and we go in there and all that's sitting there is a creepy doll in a chair, mm-hmm. right? It, it, dude, it was like a horror movie. I mean, at that point, I was like, oh, I didn't even see the doll. Yeah. Like, I'd rather see like a ghost than this doll right now, I think. But that happened, right? And again, people will go, well, you didn't get a lot of film. I, I get it. I get it. A lot. It seems like a lot of this stuff is we're dealing with some kind of intelligence. It knows what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? If you deal with frequency and the math and everything and play its game, and it's like, well, this is you know now now you have activity. I think it has a, a say in like, well, here's what we're going to let you see and what you not not see and when, right? Um, not like not like you're going to outsmart it, mm-hmm. you know. And it just, things started happening. It just started happening. And tell them about what that was from. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. The two, the two experiments, right? So like the first experiment, we turned the generator on, right? To get stuff going. We did other experiments along the way to continue to amp up the house. There's a segment you didn't see that we cut out uh, of the film called Scaredy Cats, where we took some random people. They didn't know where they were going. We brought them to the conjuring house and we said, Hey, welcome mm. to the conjuring house. You're about to do this, you know, ghost investigation. None of these people have ever done that. And they're scared and stuff. You found where they ever. What, you found <laughs> random people or when what? You, when we say people, it's like seven year old women from Rhode Island that are like, should be they on. They were all ages. I mean, there were some older 70 ones. or seven. 70 no no there was a se- seven no there was a seven-year-old in there yeah. though it, it was like if you shot like golden girls and then the golden girls daughters or something <laughs> like they they were like right. they were cast out of it seemed you know their reactions and everything the but they were like the people that the last people you'd ever yeah w- sign up for ghost hunting because imagine if you took a group of people that would never investigate and had them investigate the house it's twofold one it legitimizes it because if they have experiences they're they have no stake in the game right but also it energizes is the house with right. that fear to build up because what That's was what the to do. yeah and what was the real point to open a portal 
and to go get answers. What's really going on at the Conjuring House, at the Harrisville home? What is going on? And what we got was what you mostly get when you do these adventures is more questions than answers. And did it create paranormal activity? Did it did it activate the house? If you're asking us, or you ask me, for sure. Wow. They're following a moaning woman. There's a there's a theme in this movie of hearing this woman through the whole film. You watch it. Every single one of us had interactions with a woman, among other things. Wow. But yeah, man, th- that so, shit worked. So yeah, and, and I I think that what you referenced here earlier about seeing stuff. I think that we are in a position right now in time where people that are listening to this podcast, who are watching the film, they are, I think people are generally starting to come to the understanding that uh, the least, how do I even say this? Your eyes are deceiving mm-hmm. and seeing something means nothing when we're talking about interdimensional beings, interdimensional realms. Uh, it is well what we're dealing with. You don't need your eyes for. No. It is so far beyond eyes and catching on camera. Like you probably go on YouTube and caught on camera. You know, it's like a, a hot search, right? We are so far beyond caught on camera. We we are dealing with interdimensional beings, interdimensional realms, things that are accessing our realm from other dimensions and at will, at will. And we're over here, well, you guys are over here trying to figure out how to access that realm at will like they access this realm. This is so far beyond seeing. And I think the experiments you guys did is just bonkers off the wall. Uh, What were you going to say, Rich? Oh, I was just going to say, I think, you know, touching on what you're saying, there is an intelligence to this stuff where it decides what you can capture. Because like with the first experiment, I set up my personal camera to film myself and it didn't catch anything other than where it was sitting for about what, two seconds, three seconds. You hear the handle on the dresser going. Mm. So it picked that up the second time I didn't set the camera. And the second time I felt like there was stuff all around me. I don't know, but I don't have anything now because I didn't set the camera up, but I, I mean, I was hearing my name. I was, hearing voices i was seeing stuff because i was seeing the room Mm -hmm. so it's like it knew what it could do and when it could do it and that's what really was freaky about it i think i think where we messed up so we added the rock yeah okay that rock uh so everybody had their own rock right and it was the pendulum, they were like, does this person, this rock go to this seat? Anyways, they figured out which rock went to which seat, right? And it almost felt like you were holding a lightning rod. Your hands mm. would tingle, right, while holding it. And like I said, I didn't do the experiment the first time, so I don't know the the difference. But the CIA talked about this place that you go to, and it's called the Absolute. And that is the perfect name for it because the the download of information that you're getting when you're traveling is insane right like you there's still stuff today that i'm like oh wow i i didn't i didn't remember that at the time i didn't remember that in the moment you know but i when i tell people what happened how it was i tell them i feel like i went to heaven and hell saw my future my past my present in 47 minutes that sounds like an nde dude it was Mm. weird 
Bro, like, I'm not scared to die anymore. I know when I die, that's where I'm going to go, and I'm fine with that. That I didn't want to come back. I was happy, like. In fact, I think you said that. Like, when you, when you, he came up from the stairs all wild-eyed, and he was kind of muttering about something, you said something to that effect. Hey, dude, I, I, like, almost like he'd gotten the cheat sheet. Hmm. And he's like, I'm not afraid anymore, man. I'm not afraid to die I'm anymore. Like I don't he, want that, to. That was some of the first words out of his mouth when he came up out of that basement. Like, don't get wow. me wrong. I enjoy my life. I love doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to be all right. I see my kids. Like I, My phone was blowing up. And I get up and my kids, I see my kids at my sister's house, right? They're laying in the bed in my sister's bed. And they're like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, just got out of this experiment. They're like, a black mist just come through the house. Mm. And then I see my girlfriend. I'm like, what are you doing right now? Are you sitting in this spot eating something out of a can? You seen the text message? Yeah, he just handed me his phone to read that. Dude, it was wild. It was the absolute. It was everything. I think think what people have a hard time believing in religion is because maybe God isn't represented as he is. Mm. Right? I think people think Zeus sitting up in the clouds with a beard. Right? Mm. And it seems kind of silly. I don't think it's that at all. It's definitely not that. I think it's more of like the force, (laughs) right? I think this absolute was that, Mm, you know, because it was the only thing I can link it to is like MDMA. Like, so back in the day when I was younger, party and stuff like that, and you get so happy, you fork off at that. Dude, this was like, I didn't want to come back. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if I got untethered, I'm good. You know, I've talked to people who've had near-death experiences and they describe very similar things. They that they they didn't want to come back. The love that they had there was so far beyond the love that they have here. And mm-hmm. uh, I talked to this one woman here in Tennessee out towards the Memphis area and she said that um the the love of whatever you want to call it, creator, God, whatever. She, she, she definitely, I mean, wasn't like of the Christian theology that, that I am. Um, but she said that the love that she experienced there with that, not, not anything else other than who she encountered there, as much as she loves her kids, her husband, she didn't want to come back because it was so far greater than the love that she could ever experience here for those people that she loves here. Yep. And she said that she had to come back or whatever, but like, I, I, I get it in the sense that I've heard this before. In fact, I just had, I was just texting with my pastor uh, yesterday. He, he, there's a guy in our church who about a month ago, um, maybe more than a month ago, he, he died and he came back and, uh, and he saw things on the other side as yeah. well. And I haven't had a chance to talk with them, yeah. uh, but I'm curious because it's a very common mm-hmm. thing that when people die and they come back, they're like, I didn't want to come back, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so you saying that, it almost sounds like you died, bro. Right. <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain. Death. You, it, you got to pull that mic if you're going to talk at RPG. Come on. Can't I can't even shit. hear you. <laughs> CRS. I, 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 need, I need to say this and that I, I, don't, I won't ramble, but when I got home, I landed on a plane. The next day, we went to Orlando to my brother-in-law's. I started talking about The Conjuring. I get 102 fever. My mm. back locks up, and I lay in my nephew's bed for 14 hours, writhing in pain, delusional. Then it stops, right? Then a few months later, my brother dies. Then some months later, my son dies almost and, and, and is in the hospital and brought back. 
my business goes to shit. Um, I honestly feel like being at that center where the por- there's some things we talk about two things and it's going to tie in here. We talk about the dark, right? Everything we talk about paranormal, people want to be the next Zach Baggins and, you know, people will watch a 48 minute episode on Zach Baggins and believe in the darkness mm-hmm. and believe in demons and believe in devil. You can't have one without the other, right? Because where does the Western world's ideas of demons and devils come from? It comes from scripture period. End of story. That's where it started but yet they don't want to believe in any other, any reliability of the rest of the scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. Because why it may, it may convict them. Yeah. And it may mean, I know I'm not. Yeah. Right. Right. So I went on a deep dive from that point till now into the study of that by when I say deep dive, I mean, theological scholars and a- and atheistic scholars. Mm-hmm. The point they agree on is all the historical facts of it. There's 5,800 manuscripts or partial manuscripts of the New Testament that we have archaeologically. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest collection of ancient history documents there is. Yet, Plato, we've got 35. Homer, we've got nine. Mm-hmm. Aristotle wasn't written about till 400 years later. But they, but, they, but I'll believe that yeah. before I believe this, this hard evidence. Yeah. And you talk about the beginnings of the universe, right? Even Stephen Hawking agreed the universe is expanding. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a fact. Therefore, it started at a zero point. And he, even Hawking, who is a staunch atheist, said it's a zero point, meaning there's no time, space, matter, or energy. It blew into existence. It's beyond physics. So for scientists, it sounds like God or intelligent design, but they won't say that. They won't concede to that. They'll say, we just need to keep looking. You go to the cosmological argument for God. Now take that to the biological argument for God. Darwin had the theory of evolution. Totally true. People evolve. People's skin's different color in different regions. Animals evolve. But what he couldn't account for and didn't account for was the single cell. Where did this life start? Mm -hmm. The single cell was thought to be out of primordial ooze. We find, as science goes... It's a very complex series of proteins and amino acids, like very, not randomly set up to create a cell. And then what does that cell know to do through a DNA strand? Where does the DNA strand get its information? It's not organically coming from the proteins or amino acids. It was best described as high-tech digital code, better than anything we have, is being fed into every cell. It is. It's an information download. Science can't identify where the information's coming from. Sounds like intelligent design, but they'll stop short of that and say, you know what? We don't know, but we're going to keep looking, right? So the case for, the case for God has more evidence than not, mm. but people will choose to look at, I'll believe in demons and darkness, but I won't believe in this where I probably have more evidence. Yeah, and, and I, I don't want to uh, hijack the, the conversation away from the conjuring, but our house, but I would say that based off of what you just said, uh, if one, one exists, the other exists. And there's, there's so many people who, uh, dive into the paranormal realms, doing investigations and, and all this stuff searching for the dark. Right. Uh, and, and when they come to the conclusion of that, that we, and you, you laid out a great explanation, uh, and, and there's so much to it, but, uh, for proof of why we could believe in the manuscripts, if we're going to believe in Plato and things like that, the, the sheer amount of what we have. But it is, so if you go down that route of, 
of belief then like okay well okay so these manuscripts are accurate if i'm going to believe plato i'm going to believe this and and i have these experiences of um the, these dark entities i've witnessed them i've experienced them without doing paranormal investigation which means that i i i th- that that these things can interact with me without me even trying it happens how many times do we hear about uh, paranormal activity happening in people's lives and stuff? They weren't asking for right. it. They weren't going in doing experience experiments. They were literally existing in an environment and things happened to them. That was dark, right? Well, if we're going to go down the route of belief and everything, then we can say, all right, well, if that's true, then angels, mm-hmm. true. God, true. And then we start looking into the depths of, of what's going on in the scriptures of Old Testament. You guys can get me nerding here, but like, uh, Psalm 82, talking about Elohim holding judgment amongst the other Elohim, other gods, God holding judgment amongst the other gods. What does that mean? Hold on a second. I thought there was just angels and demons. Nope. There's actually more. There's a whole hierarchy here. And then you start diving into all, all this stuff and you start looking at, uh, uh, I think it's Genesis 28, maybe 18, something like that. But it's the, the story of Joshua's ladder and how the, the angels were ascending and then descending, which means that angels are always here existing around us. What does that mean? Well, it means the same thing as when we see all this paranormal activity happening, this dark stuff happening at will, seemingly where it's happening to us. We're not asking for it, but it's coming through. The same, the same. If if that's happening, then these angels that they exist here right now in another realm. Here, the Bible talks about them serving us. There's so much stuff to it. So I. I well, you got me nerding here. So I, yeah. I, I listen. We could go on for hours please. on this, but but the the point being that you can't have one without the other, right? And also, if you think you're going to go play Ghostbusters and then come home and not be at risk to have your life affected, Scripture talks clearly about you're not supposed to be careful, right? Right, like right. You, you shouldn't you shouldn't try to communicate with the dead. Period. And you do that. I walk away from it going, you know, my life was perfect the day before I got on that plane. The day after I got on that plane, all this stuff happened. Now, it could have just happened, but in my heart, I, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that I messed with something and, and I, I got the consequence of it. And it, it prompted me to go on a, another journey. And that other journey, you look at it and it's going, well, what? If you're going to believe in something, it should make sense to understand what you're believing in, whether it's dark or light. Sure. And what I found was the majority of people that even identify as Christian don't use proper context, ancient history, mm-hmm. or content around Scripture at all. It's a Velcro Bible. I'll pull this phrase. I'll pull it. It's taken out of contents. Yeah. These the books weren't. They're written over 1,500 years by. Um, uh, 66 books by 44 authors over 1500 years of the old Testament and new prophecies being talked about 500 years before by somebody that transpired 500 years later with no correlation. They didn't, they couldn't text each other or go to a library and, and yet that correlates, right? But you wouldn't know that unless you looked into it. And I mean, looked into it, not with uh, Joel Olstein, but, (laughs) but like a theological, but because scripture, it's not any of that. It's not organized religion. No. If you look at it, the Pharisees were the enemies of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, Rome was too. It's, you know, people don't understand. They think it's some, this is just a a, a Santa Claus book written by the church. And the last thing I'll say, because I can go on a geek squad on this, but is (laughs) the resurrection event either happened or it didn't. 
that didn't, it's a house of cards. Atheist scholars agree on the history of the disciples, on Saul of Tarsus becoming Paul the Apostle. They agree on all of it historically. The only thing they don't agree upon is the resurrection. And if you dive into the evidence for that, if it was a courtroom, you could dive into that and say, yeah, the best explanation is it actually happened. Mm -hmm. But you don't get to that point by saying, nope, I won't look at it because I had a bad experience with church as a kid, or I was told this, or the evil in the world. Hell with it. I'm not looking into any of that. Now, I'll dig into the paranormal, but I'm not looking at that, right? And, and It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, and once you do, you realize it's n the, the whole notion of what it means to follow that is nothing like maybe your predisposition was or the world said it was or what your experience was. It's a whole different experience, but you're not going to be willing to have that experience unless calamity strikes typically yeah. or... I don't know, your life falls apart after you open a portal in a haunted house. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah well, I was going to say that maybe you are in a new reality. And so we're sitting here and it seems it like different. it's all real, but you've knocked, you got, we've, we've been knocked on another path, or at least those of you that participated in I mean, that's how I feel with my own life in itself. Like, like, mm -hmm. like you, you, you shift existences through certain actions you do. You guys did actions there that shifted your existence. And uh, like literally what you're describing here is you came out a different person. Like you, ch it changed you. Mm -hmm. And so I, I listen, we, we are, I, I believe we live a supernatural existence, whether we want to believe it or not. We, we, we live in a supernatural world. Uh, I use supernatural a lot. People, a lot, a lot of people in these circles say paranormal. I, it's supernatural. It, it's supernatural. And so um, anyways, let's reel back. Let's bring it back here. Um, that was world gate and holy crap. I mean, I think we could talk another three hours, but yeah. my, my stomach's hungry. All right. We got pizza waiting for us for some time today and we got a lot more to talk about here. So let's move into, uh, Austin versus aliens. Uh, now, unfortunately, Austin and Justin aren't here, mm -hmm. but you guys can tell what the experience was. People will see it in the film. Uh, they, and this is where this kind of brings in the idea of this location being like, Skinwalker Ranch, because it's like, it's not the house, it's the land. And everything happens here. It's not just, boo, a, right. a spooky ghost. You know, it's a lot. Well, so um, Justin Spurrier was like the tech guy for Ghost Adventures for years, right? Uh, and so he's, the, the, the point of having him there on the team is like, if we had a, if we had a paranormal question, some equipment, something we should do, like trying to attract ghosts or something, because we're Bigfooters. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we got this dude. He's been right-hand man to Zach Baggins a long time, you know. Um, and after the World Gate closes, Justin w was scheduled to sleep in a tent in the woods by himself, right? Um, and as they're going down there, he's hearing mumbling in the woods. He doesn't know what it is. They think it's a person, right? And they're hearing knocks. He really doesn't know what that is. You know, I mean, he kind of has an idea. But he didn't realize he was, like, having a Sasquatch encounter right there at the property. There's a growl that happens. Uh, and I think the reason for the Austin versus the Aliens title is uh, some of the Gematria come up with a phrase 
Austin versus the aliens. And then there was going to be three gray aliens. Mm. You'll hear him explain it, yeah. you know, in the interview. Uh, and it was just wild. Like you got a whole house full of Bigfooters and you didn't think to come and <laughs> get, <laughs> knock on the door back. Stacy, get up guys. <laughs> you know, um, which was, it was weird, but it, it, it very, it frightened them. They, they were in tears, you know, uh, coming back out of that. And, the thing that was weird, and so maybe it's a preconceived notion, but the three gray aliens that were to come up, you know, like the Dramatria kind of more or less, I guess, predicted things that were going to happen, mm-hmm. even though we didn't know that's what it was at the time. Um, because then they see some some figure run down the wall. And didn't they say it was pale or white or grayish? Pale or white. And they, they, here's another thing that like... Ingrid Cold came up through the spirit box like three times mm-hmm. through that whole week. You yeah. know what I mean? And then he sees a tall man with a funny suit on. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't mention a grin or nothing. Uh, and then by two aliens, and he was seeing them like hovering over his tent. So the Austin versus the alien segment is him trying to get his ass down to that tent to stay in the night, but. Every time he gets down into the yard, more and more stuff starts happening. You know, uh, it was very interesting. I didn't really thought they had caught anything. I don't think I even knew for like a day or two that they had this amazing experience. Well, but that's what's so fascinating. You know, people talk about the Conjuring House. It's ghosts. So we brought them in because they're professional ghost people. Yeah. But then imagine that. You're thinking ghosts, ghosts, and all of a sudden you're having Bigfoot activity. And now he's having visions of aliens, mm-hmm. which it's it's funny that he's not afraid of ghosts at all. We'll go anywhere with ghosts. But an alien? Yeah. No. And he even says that. I ain't sleeping <laughs> in that. T- no, he's almost crying in the interview. He's like, that? What do you do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, a ghost, yeah, it just passes through you, you know? If you're lucky, you're Dan Aykroyd and it has sex with you. Yeah, right. But like, like that, but that's all perspective. And that's, right. what, that's what we're dealing with here with all this stuff that people uh, that, that dive into these things, whether it's listening to podcasts or watching these documentaries or pursuing these experience. It's, it's all about perspective going into a situation. How do you perceive these topics? Because you're, you're, people are going to uh, be fearful of certain things and excited about other things. And clearly for him, his perspective is totally geared towards ghost hunting. He's done it professionally for his mm-hmm. career. When it comes to all this other stuff, I I don't know him, but I imagine he's probably like, yeah, I didn't really think about that much, you know. But right. if, but if if you ask me, it'd be kind of weird, you know. Like aliens, yeah, okay. And all of a sudden, we're living in a world where our government's like, yeah, aliens exist. We have bodies, you know. It is what it is. And everybody's like, oh yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it, we're living in a very weird world. It, it, something shift. Like we we're talking about shifting and mm-hmm. and coming out of this the gate program different. Like something happened in this world where I think the world came out different. And we, we and you can go down so many different ways of theorizing what that event was, but uh, you know, probably people listening right now. I mean, they're probably thinking like CERN, That's CERN, 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 yeah. CERN. You know, <laughs> yeah. but but seriously, I mean, yeah. like, like they, if we're talking about the World Gate and and opening portals, uh, something happened where the entire world shifted, 
And mm. uh, I think that, that we're all living that and experiencing that. Um, and so uh, Austin versus Aliens, let me get back on track before I go crazy again. Mm. Uh, but Austin versus Aliens, I thought that was very fascinating. One of the things that he was talking about, though, or while he was talking, uh, one thing that kind of popped in my mind was because he it seemed like he didn't get a great visual he saw, but he, he, he was like, you know, I don't... Like I was thinking, man, what if what if he like, what if he encountered a rake out there, like <sighs> like because because people describe these rakes and you've seen videos and stuff and it, it kind of looks like an alien, humanoid, gray, pale, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm just like, man, imagine if like he would if he because that to me, like, talking perspective, like bro. I don't want to see no right. rain. That's pretty <laughs> terrifying. That's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Which could be an alien. Yeah. We don't know. Sure. We really don't. And that's the, I don't know that for people doing these experiments, these adventures, if, if I had any advice for anyone is to try and take a step back, try and world gate yourself back to look at the big picture. Cause you're going to miss things. Cause what he's basically saying is I came there for ghosts and I'm seeing this, but he's not registering. He didn't come in and tell us because yeah. he didn't think that that could be possible. Mm-hmm. You have to go in with a complete open mind if you're going to have stuff happen. Yeah. And, and we're going to find out the answers because that's, at the end of the day, what the hell is the point of all this? We'd yeah. like to find some answers or, or encourage someone else to do so. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what made it really authentic for me was his experience anyway was there was the house, then there's Jay's trailer, and then down a distance was his tent that he's supposed to stay in, right? People mill around and smoke break and stuff outside and then we're inside and, and he's supposed to be down there. Uh, I don't know if it was Bill or someone was reporting back, like in between. They're like, dude, like they were crying. Yeah, they come in the house in tears. And we thought, okay, well, we'll get the down. They didn't come in and tell us. Mm. And then the next day, they were really hesitant. And then they're talking about, we're going to go home. We're going to leave. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Like, and we thought that they got in a fight, like a father and son fight, is Mm -hmm. what I assumed. Mm -hmm. Because I guess the son was really upset. And, and, uh, we come to find that, that they just couldn't kind of wow. wrap around like what they really think they thought they saw and didn't add up. And it was just, they're scared shitless basically. Wow. And, and re- really you think they'd run in like if they're embellishing, Hey, we just saw, it was not like that. It was almost hesitant to say very to upset and them. pull it out of them. And they wanted to go home. Wow. And these are guys that are traveling around with, you know, hunting demons, Zach yeah, Baggins yeah. and crew. As Fight a, me! As a, as, you know? So you said it's the first time. It was the first time I ever wanted to go home because I was scared. Wow, you know? that's incredible. Yeah, and they were quiet about it. And then we just found out what last night when Joey was watching that segment, he was outside when the growl went off, and he heard the growl independently from them. Wow! And you can grunt, Joey. We can hear you. <laughs> another interesting thing too that didn't make the film we have so much material that we you know you just don't have enough time to put in but uh apparently nobody had slept in the basement of the conjuring house for a while so i decide i'm asleep in the basement and i'm i I grew up in rhode island so i grew up in a basement so for me it's not that dingy even though you're down there in the basement and i found a snake skin like yeah just on the floor you know so it's still a little bit of a dirt floor so i decided i'm gonna do it so austin says well if you're gonna do it i'll do it with you you know, and he asks his dad, and his dad says, okay, cool. So we go down there, and I'm sleeping right near the well. Like, I want whatever's going to crawl out is going to crawl right over and plant one on me. Um, well, he's laying over by the stairs, and some people are just tuning forks for this, okay? Like, it never stopped affecting him the whole time we were down there. He's like, did you hear that? Did you hear this? Something touched my hair, something whatnot. That video went on to what? On TikTok to get millions of views of him in the conjuring basement. Hmm. 
And and I think that's another thing that's kind of important is some people it really happens a lot to and some don't. Because I moved my bed over there the next night and I slept exactly in the same position. I laid the same way, nothing. Hmm. And I did all my nights in that basement and I didn't have anything scary happen to me uh, during the night. But for him, they were so freaked out that he didn't even do it the second night. He was like, I ain't going down there again. The basement's the craziest spot in the house, you know? So I think also when you're doing these adventures, uh, how do you prepare yourself for this, you know? Because you're going to have to have some level of strength to you, some level of armor, or Mm. you're going to be run out of this house, you know? Which they almost were. Thank God they didn't go. Because honestly, that, that... they are so animated. I can't wait for people to watch it because they are entertaining. Like they are on edge. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. like they're a chihuahua. Yeah. Like oh man, I need to start smoking cigarettes. I'm going crazy. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I I tell you, it was it was very interesting to watch uh, their perspective of how everything kind of unfolded for them. Uh, the growl is interesting because um, I've experienced something very similar recently in Washington State. We were Bigfoot hunting, and uh, and I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, but like it, it, the growl for me was like it was right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was right there behind me, and Joel heard it too. And we turned around, and it wasn't there. We went to the back of the RV. We're looking around. We don't see anything. But when we heard the growl, like you know it's right there and you're going to turn around and there's going to be an eight foot tall, very large something standing over you. And it, it wasn't. And, um, and so it, it's interesting that they heard that growl too and stuff. And it makes you wonder, um, well, it makes you wonder a lot of things. It, 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 if it was Bigfoot, is it that the, it's able to project a growl distance wise, like, you know, vocalizations and stuff, or is it more because it, you know, we're, we're on the confessionals here. So, uh, it's an interdimensional being and it, right. it portal hopped, you know, and it was behind you growled and portal hop over the tree line. And all of a sudden you see it over there. And it's, it's, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but if you just take it for what I just said, you're like, well, that could be a solid explanation. <laughs> you know, like it's just. Well, and if you go back to that, wasn't it the light they saw right after the growl too? Oh, yeah, it was another thing. There was a light that shot mm. down into the ground, or yeah, uh, I yeah, think yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, it shot down right after after the light went, or after the growl happened, which was right behind him. Then, as he's turning around looking for where it is, there's a light that comes down. You know, and then later on, he started talking about uh, how aliens wouldn't need to land. He didn't think aliens would need to land their craft. Yeah. They could just come and get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'd just be on you, be right there, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but it was it was really cool that, that all that stuff happened to him immediately after we tried to open the portal and we thought we mm-hmm. pretty yeah. much didn't do anything with it. We thought it was a, you know, failure. Yeah, outside... The first time outside got the activity. Yeah. It stirred up things in the in the ground. Mm-hmm. And so hence uh Corey, the owner, was of the mindset that this it's the land, man. It's it's even the ground. People have taken rocks, Corey told us this. People have come on the property, snuck on, took rocks, right? Came back three days later, whatever, a week later, came back and there's a note and a rock. He didn't know when someone took a rock. There's a note and a rock I'm saying, sorry. I'm so sorry. I took this rock. 
My life's gone to yeah. So yeah. we brought you a rock. And <laughs> you, freaking, you guys, like, I'm now just I'm connecting. Like I'm sitting here holding this rock. And I'm like, oh, this is a nice rock. This came from the yeah. Bro, Joey, Joey, they, Joey took it. Really, wow. So this is so. This is fully charged. <laughs> he carries it with him everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Like we're on the plane, we land in Tampa, and he's like, "I got that rock." I was like, "Bro, what is wrong with you?" Man? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to get home to my kids. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, I went through my stuff before I left because I had the feeling one of them had stuck a rock in my stuff, <laughs> and <laughs> I threw my rock. I could hear the it. second experiment. When he was upstairs before he came down freaking out, I heard some thudding and stuff up there. And I think I asked him something about the rock and he's like, F that rock. You know, he was upset like this. He threw it like I needed this off of me when he wow. was seeing all that this stuff. Weird. Well, and that's when it all changed yeah. is when I threw the rock away. Mm. That's when everything changed was when I tossed it. Wow. That's when I think I had a spiritual experience because I threw the rock. I saw a green, I saw a pathway through a green pasture and there was a little boy next to me and I was holding his hand and I said, did you do that? And he said, I had to. And then after that, all the shadows, the chatter, all that stuff went away. And I still saw things after that, but it was different and it was distant. It wasn't right there. And the more I think about it, I think it was spiritual intervention. Mm. Is what I think because I didn't mm. experience anything bad after the Conjuring House, like a lot of these guys did. They had some rough experiences. I didn't have that, but if I think about it long enough, I think it might have been my brother because he passed away the year before, and when my dad passed away in 2010, he made my brother promise to look after me. And then I go into this thing, and I'm doing this, and I'm having this, and all this stuff, and it's building and building and building. And I throw that rock, and then boom, that happens. And then it all goes away. And then after that, everything's distant that I'm seeing. So you made your brother's job real difficult. <laughs> well, I did that all my life. He's like, come on, bro. <laughs> I did that all my life. Right. Wow. You, you know what's yeah, fascinating is, is some people can take an object and you can give it to them and they can hold it and they can tell you about it. What if the experiment that you guys participated in temporarily gave you the psychic ability to read the stone or have the stone through you project the reality that it knew, which could have been King Philip's war and bloodshed and mm. shadows wow. and just kind of chaos. Wow. And you were like Never looking into the like earth. That. Yeah. That could have been what happened. You guys temporarily. All right, were, dude, you're going way us. out there too far away. <laughs> right right now, on, right no, 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 we already went out. We're already <laughs> we're, we're gone. We're, man. we're, we're interdimensional. We already it's traveled past our galaxy. Like, this is part of the untethering, man. We're already <laughs> yeah, untethered. We're past Venus, bro. Like we're gone, man. <laughs> Um, that was amazing, but I didn't know that. That's the first time I heard that you thought that was your brother. There's a lot of profound things between you yeah. and your dad. And, and see, a lot of this we wow. never sat down and talked about wow. until really right now. Hmm. Yeah, because everything went bad for everybody. Like, I wanted to whip him when I was at the Conjuring house. Like, really? bro, like, it got tenuous. Man. I don't understand. You know, like, I, I can get aggravated, sure, but like, nah, the house, and they explain it in that interview, it makes you. I guess if you're an angry person or, you know, if you're not far to push that way, then uh, I guess you could get that way real quick. But there was 
it was weird because I was so ready to go home and then I didn't want to leave. You know what I mean? Mm. It was, I don't know. It's, it's very hard to explain the emotions that the dreams, yeah. the dreams when you're sleeping in that place, the dreams were out of this world. And if you're not a mentally stable person, it probably ain't the place for you. And so therefore I should stay at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause it, it's, know yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he had said, sorry, if you're all done, uh, there's basically you have two weeks in that house and after two weeks of staying there it begins to change you mm. and you don't want people visiting you want it all to yourself like bill got into a fight with the owner and basically said you don't need to come here it's like this is my house you know so it begins to change you wow, now sense. what if doing these experiments we just expedited that process because yeah, yeah it, there's the behind the scenes that you know you don't have time to put in it but it got very tense it whatever yeah. the anger whatever the emotion of that was 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 moving through some people in the house and it got really crazy mm. and we're not putting that in and there's just not time it'd have to be a 10-hour film but uh the house affected us as a team mm. so i would even warn people if you're going to go there because people are starting to do shows now where it's a half an hour in a, or not a half an hour a month in a location mm -hmm. I, I mean imagine we went there for one month how many people how many of us would be dead vanished untethered yeah. you know and yeah. unfortunately the timing wise at the beginning where Corey allowed us to come in this new owner is not really of the ilk of us where we're we've got this fascination maybe an attraction for a reason to some of this stuff she's like a former lawyer or something out of boston why'd that, she buy it that bought, money, now it's now they're doing camping trip it's like disneyland paranormal now she's turning it into for money making I think purposes it's like a thousand bucks a night to camp on the property so so that investigation format this is the last you're going to see of that wow. i'm pretty sure unless wow. you unless got you money it. unless you got money to go up unless in there you got that miracle money and, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man that's wild i can't believe wow like yeah, no, I, that's 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 crazy. I don't know why I want to keep touching that rock. Uh, oh, here we go, <laughs> here we go. Just it's, so you know, you're the second person. I'm the second person to touch that. Really? They won't touch me. Good. Boy, you know now I feel now I kind of feel like now I kind of feel like uh, like how Stacy was. <laughs> yeah, Stacy's like I wish I would have known that before I did the experiment. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Wish you would have told me before I started touching the rock. Before you, put it, <laughs> before you put it on my table. Now you want to get even crazier? I dare you to to drink this. I will not. I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm still struggling with the rock, bro. This is from the Conjuring Well. Are you serious? This is actual well water. What? I, I, yeah, I don't think it'll affect you that, but yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, you might get yeah. dysentery. You might end up on an adventure with us, so I don't know if you want that. Wow, is this still, is this all the water you took from there? Just the vial? That's it. Why'd you Why'd you just? I would have taken a bucket. Plain. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. He's stuck it up his butt for some reason to get it on the plane. The only thing gross about that is where it's been. Stacey, it wasn't to get it on the plane. It was just because. I just want to see if I could be a drug mule. Yeah. <laughs> it was an audition. Wow. All right. So uh, let's keep, let's keep moving here. Uh, on the next thing here on the list, we had the the segment uh, you called "As Above, So Below." Uh, why'd you call it that? Um. Okay. So we had called it six feet under mm -hmm. before that. Uh, as above, so below. It's like, I guess the, the things were the same in the absolute. Mm. Okay. But they're different. 
at the at the same time. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was a really. Uh, I know there's a, a bunch of like negative connotation. Uh, sure, Crowley. With that. And, yeah. Uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, with Crowley, he was on to something. And he was doing real stuff. Like, do you want to experience it? You know what I mean? You don't have to be evil. I've done some, I've been on some Crowley rituals myself. You are crazy. Well, like Jesus, uh, that I take my spirit, my faith, I take with me. Mm -hmm. And and nothing's going to happen to me. You know what I mean? I got big brother here, you know, Uh, and that's the way I feel. Maybe I shouldn't dabble. Uh, But then again, I'm the dog chasing the tire. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do when I get it. You can't help yourself, bro. <laughs> I can't help it. It's like, I talk to him. We're so much alike. It's like, everything's going good. I've got to burn it down. <laughs> like, if you look at my life, it's like, I'll, I'll be having a real good thing, Man, uh, but I've got to burn it life down. Life is really good. Where's those matches at? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like, is that a hobby? I'm going to get here. I'm not, com- I'm, I wanted to get here. I thought I did, but you know what? It's time to burn it down and start wow. all over again. And that's, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's why me and him hit it off so much. There's a lot of similar past mm. there. Uh, but I, th- I felt that was an appropriate name. You know, uh, let's get in the earth. Let's get down in the well. Let's get the answers from there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so so you did do that. And so uh, with this experiment, uh, tell people what it all entailed. Because it, 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 there was a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes. You guys were, you know, in multiple locations at multiple times. Uh, and so let the audience know what you guys were doing. What was the thought process behind this whole experiment? So, uh, we went there with a list of experiments we were going to do. I think we did one of those, two of those being the seance in the world gate. Everything else got thrown out the window. Hmm. Uh, so when we got there, Corey's like, land's haunted, bro. It's the land. I didn't told you that. Why don't you build a coffin and bury me in the ground? I was like, don't say that cause I'll do it. <laughs> and he's like, no, seriously, if you do it, I'll get in there. And I was like, damn, let's have a double Estes method. We'll put RPG down in the bottom of the well. He has nothing to do. He's standing around, you know? We'll put him in the bottom of the well. We'll put Corey in the ground. We'll sit in the library and ask questions. And let's see what happens, you know? Uh, And it was because there was a lot going on. The well water was 50-something degrees, 60 maybe. It was cold. It was, it was chilly. Hell, we had man. to switch out, right? We had to switch. I mean, maybe we could have left you in longer. Well, it also depended because uh, I was getting interesting answers to these questions, but certain people, once again, line up. They're a better tuning fork for things. And just to explain, like, uh, we should go in more detail just what the SD's method is, uh, just so you mm-hmm. know, Absolutely. people basically understand that, like, uh, you're you're filtering through these channels and you're listening for words to be spoken as so you have the people up in the library asking questions to the land to to the house and then you have somebody buried in the yard so in the dirt and now you have somebody buried in the ground but in water mm-hmm. so the goal was hopefully uh where we are become the tuning forks and we as they're asking questions they channel through us with a spirit box with yeah, yeah. so the spirit box is there Correct. was no way, like putting yeah. him in the well and yeah. burying him in the yard. And you got there yeah. was no way hear. they were hearing us. No, right. No you know what I mean? So when things line up, that's very curious. That's mm-hmm. interesting. And the better it is. And so we did that and we ran into problems because Corey's okay. One of the things that that happened at that house consistently was cameras just going off. Yeah. Full batteries, great, great cameras, every just off, off, sound issues. 
as they said, like half of our, our sound is gone. Well, we have two days of footage with no sound. Yeah. yeah. So, so we set up to do this amazing experiment, which no one had done there before. And almost immediately, Corey's camera out and his audio is just messed up. Mm. So now it's just me. So the experiment was supposed to link us to the room and kind of all put us together in this triangle, which is another theme that's going on. It, it just shuts down. So we tried to try to get going. And then when we make the switch, it's almost as if we dial into the right channel. And suddenly the messages become a little clearer. He gets a little things that are starting to hit a little bit better. You know, so my advice too would be when people are doing these things, stay flexible. Mm-hmm. Don't go in rigid. Here's my box and I got to stay in my damn box. Be able to be flexible and move because somebody may work better for it. And you did. You got in the well and there was well, so more like, things popping out. Yeah, but as soon as you came out, Corey started getting answers and started talking because I had actually asked, does Corey know we've started yet? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then you hear Justin hollering down this tube, breathing tube. <laughs> hey, do you know we've started? <laughs> Are you alive <laughs> in there? We buried him, and then we had to have a tube for him to breathe and them to communicate. <laughs> and wow. so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then I got in there and we both, we both said Jesus, which you and wasn't I- an answer of the question. It could have just been a Christian channel we flipped through, mm-hmm. but there's a flash. A flash of light in the library. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. No explanation. But then orb. I say orb right after. Mm-hmm. And that for me, that was that was one of the weirdest things. They talk, started talking about Jim Arnold. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that's what that, that flash of light was very apparent on screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like because it happens so fast, but when it happens before the people in the room got a chance to even react to it v- verbally, as the the viewer, you notice it. You're yeah. just like, "What was that? It looked like a light bulb blew." Right. Mm-hmm. And and so you're what you guys are saying is it it was a light within the room that just illuminated. Yeah, we're because uh, at that point it was Bill and I, and that the center hub of the you know Stacy in the well, uh, Corey in the grave, and the communication. You know what what are they getting answers to? We're like the center to hear it, and then. There's this, this rinky-dink chandelier with really dim lights, but somewhere offset in the ceiling, this light just flashes. Mm-hmm. And so we stop. The, the most visceral thing that happened to me physically was that right after that, because I don't got a lot of hair in my forearms, but it was standing up mm-hmm. and my head was, it was static. There was, I was covered in static electricity and the bill's like, oh dude, yeah, I am too. And the other camera guy that we had was Kevin. Kevin. Kevin's like, yeah, I feel that. Like, we all started doing it. And then when it ended all at the same time, it said it stopped. Like it stopped at, wow. at, at a certain point and talking to Corey, he said, yeah, I get, that's more the, one of the more common things that we run into around here is mm. you'll get a light flash. You'll feel electrical charge. And that's exactly what we did. And we stopped rolling and Joey was trying to like, <clears throat> let's debunk it. Let's try to find and see if it's, it's a camera light. Uh, the lighting or the chandelier. And I think we went through a series of it and it's just like, it wasn't any of those things. But those are the two things that really kept popping up. Some type of flashes of light and orb, but just light in general. And this damn woman who everyone Mm. kept hearing, whether it was moans, screams, or just footsteps or whatever, there was this presence of a woman. Is there any kind of legend or attachment to the property that you guys know of of a woman that would explain that? So there's not... No documentation of this lady dying on the property, but there's the crooked neck woman in the basement. You'll see Mm -hmm. 
on the what did he? I think it was a toy box. I think that was a toy box. There's a, a few desk. things that had drawings on it. Yeah, one being a um, desk too, like a turned over. It was desk. in the '90s. Okay, that uh, it was a daycare down there, right? And all the children would see this crooked neck lady walk around. Now I seen the woman in the second world gate. She didn't have a crooked neck. Like I was one of my images was a golden tablet that then like changed, morphed into like dreads, and I seen her face, right? So there was and then we come out of that and we're hearing the woman talk or moan. Uh but yeah, the crooked neck lady is about it unless it was the the Bathsheba thing. You know, uh, or just the deaths on the land in general. There's been so many deaths. There's been so many. You can't you can't nail it down, but it was definitely uh, there. There's there's legend to the the crooked neck lady and the Bathsheba. So there's legend to a woman uh, who hung herself in the barn. Supposedly, yeah, 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 yeah. yep. Which we investigated. Josh and I were in there. It's full of bat guano, so you got to leave the doors open. You can't. We weren't allowed to camp in there because we could have died. Um, but once again, camera malfunctions. Oh, yeah. You got to figure we had, how many cameras did we have? And how many tech Without, savvy people? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you Crash figure it. we probably had close to 20 cameras. Crash like it. with the ones Justin brought, you wow. had, and not counting security cameras, uh, we had rented uh, cameras from lens renters. So we rented mm-hmm. new stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, then we had right. stuff that we owned. And we shouldn't have been having them problems. And that's, that's something that I think people who are consuming these, this con- kind of content maybe don't understand what happens behind the scenes. A lot of times when you're watching people do these films and stuff, especially independent people, a lot of these people don't own the equipment. You go and you rent the equipment, you use it, and you return it. And there's a, it, It's a lot cheaper that way oh, than yeah. buying things outright. And so when you're renting equipment, it is equipment that works. It's usually newer. It's functional. The owner who runs a business of renting out their equipment, or maybe it's a service company, uh, but it's not like you arrived on scene with cameras you bought in 2008 and you're like, I hope these things still work today. Like this is all solid equipment. So when, when things like this happen, it really makes you scratch your head on it. Yeah. Yeah, Joey's personal camera that he's using now to film this was overheating. And it's never done that before or since. Mm. So, again, it was just another freak thing that was going on. Yeah, you got to figure, I know about cameras. Joey knows about cameras. Justin knew about cameras. Bill knew about cameras. I don't know if there was anybody else there. Or Kevin. Kevin had a camera rental company. The uh, our, and Yeah, and he's a uh, you know, DP. So, we had people that knew how to fix these problems, and we should not have had this. And this is the only set I've ever been on that I've had this. Mm. It didn't even, this, he, he had a security system set up too, where the, the house, you know, has a security cameras everywhere. That malfunctioned too, yeah. if I'm not correct. Because we were like, we wow. could always go to that for some of it and that malfunctioned as well. Wow. Where, and just to clarify, when you're doing the spirit box too, a lot of it, you know, you'll just get a, a quick word. Mm-hmm. But what's spooky is that sometimes something comes across and you can just tell that it wasn't like recorded or it sounds real. And the most profound thing I heard when I was in the well was a woman, you know, just really creepy. And it sounded different than the normal like, Hello, Bob. You know, mm-hmm. it it sounded like a voice, and when that comes through, I don't know. To me, that's the trippiest part of doing that is when you hear a real authentic. Did it trip you out in the moment? 
Well, you're already. I'm already, so a little a little caveat for this little, is a little caveat from everybody else. This man is scared to death of everything. <laughs> Come on. Well, no, I, I have fear, right? Natural, but that's why I pursue it, it's you know, lot. because I want it. I want it gone. But before I went in that in the well, Kevin, I believe uh, the he says to me, he goes, "Hey, do you want to know what I saw in that well?" And for me, no. I was like, "No, I don't want to know because that's going to be in my head and it's going to affect my journey." So mm -hmm. no, don't tell me. So, you know, I go, I do the well thing. It's cold. It's scary. You know, it, it, it's, yeah, it's extreme. Because what is this at the end of the day? It's like a rite of passage for adults. It really is. You go, you're scared. You come out, you're like, yeah. yeah I, I did it. it. I did it. I'm, I'm, yeah. My beard feels thicker. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, God, I lost my point. What? Oh, oh. so he says to me, so then once it's over, he, he comes up to me and he goes, you want to know what I saw in the well now? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. What'd you see? Like Bathsheba, you know, it's like a thing. And he goes, no. And he's a very matter of fact guy. He's like, no, it was the largest snake I've ever seen. And the biggest snake by far I've seen in this property. It was so large in the well. When I looked at it, I didn't know it was a snake. And then it moved and I went, <gasps> and I go, you mother, you should have told me that. Cause I would have never gotten that well. It's never gotten the well. Yeah, he goes, the biggest snake. And then he just walks away. No, like, no. <laughs> you know, cause it's all fun and games until it gets real. You know, yeah. Here you go. give me some interdimensional beings. Yeah, I am right. not trying to do that snake life. <laughs> give me aliens. Give me ghosts. Give me... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he just smiled and laughed. And I went, okay, I got to rethink these things. Before wow. We yeah. Okay. So you got to have like uh, rules of engagement. Is it physical, natural? Do I like, like, like yeah. I, if it's, if it's has something to do with the experiment? No. <laughs> but if it's a snake that could bite my leg off. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Like, uh, you freaking Florida boys, man, crazy. Wow. Okay. So, all right. Uh, we're talking about the well. So, and we can, yeah, let's just for my sake do this in this way because I want to kind of, because I know we, we jumped in the world gate and we talked a lot about world gate too. Um, so I want to jump into the well wishes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then we'll bring it in for landing with the seance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, like, sounds crazy. <laughs> so, uh, talk to me about the well wishes. And w what is this whole thing? And what did you guys do? Yeah. So, uh, while they were going to do the seance, I wanted to be doing something mm -hmm. again. You know what I mean? And, and so I went, well, I'll, I'll scry. I'll look into the, uh, I'll stare into the well. And for people that know what scrying is, uh, uh, scrying is, it's divining. So you're trying to have a vision of either the future or something that you're focused on that you would like to see. And originally, scrying was done in two bodies of water. You look into a body of water and you're like, oh, wow, I had, I had a nice vision. Well, and then it went on to be where they would take mirrors and they would cover the back, make it dark. Uh, yeah, yeah, I need like a floating mic. Yeah, it just follows me around. Uh, but anyway, so so how perfect is the well at the Conjuring House? And, and the goal is they're doing a seance, they're invoking the spirits, and they're trying to get them to talk. While simultaneously, I'm sitting there staring into a paranormal TV of sorts, mm. welcoming them as they rise from the earth and come out and come above us, right? So really kind of a wild moment. Now, while I'm just simply staring into the well, scrying, trying to folks stay at Jay, it also made me an audio soundtrack to help me get into that low theta state and to be you know, more open-minded to these things. So I sit there and you know, I call it like going on a hoosting journey or, or tripping. There's probably a different, better way to say it, but essentially you begin to see things, whether you want to see them or not. You sit there and once you finally reach a relaxed state, things start to happen. And one common theme, not to ruin it, you know, because you get to watch the movie and see it, but triangle-headed things. Yes. 
everywhere, just these triangle and, and seeing the conjuring house, but then all these triangle headed, like entities, you don't know what to say, are like crawling all over it and like, you know, kind of looking at you, but not looking at you like they're going to eat you, hurt you, but just staring at you and to see something like that. And, you know, it, it just, it's really intense. And to know what they're doing upstairs to make that experience even more powerful you know, you're like, so what's what's going to come? And these dingbats, they don't tell me. I think it's like 27 minutes, no problem. I end up doing it for like an hour and a half. Mm. So my neck is tore up. Everything's tore up. But once again, what was the most profound experiences there? Seeing the house and seeing and, and getting this, you know, it's weird. The water, it's just black, it's shimmery. And then it becomes like a screen, like smooth. And seeing the conjuring house and it showing you that basically the conjuring house is connected to the ground and it's all connected. All of it, all of it. And you, we just happen to be standing in a spot and focusing all of our energy, which is basically amplifying what is happening here. Mm -hmm. That was that was really neat. And it kept showing me, it, it, toward the end of it, there were these two entities. One looked basically like a Bigfoot, really big, and one was smaller, like a dwarf, or maybe it was a human, but it was smaller. Both with triangle heads. And we're sitting at a table, which this kind of solid stone table kind of came up with other people too. And they just kept trying to give me this black, this solid black. I couldn't tell if it was a vase or an orb or whatever, but it was just solid. And that's what was important. They just kept stressing, like trying to give it to me. And I didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't, I didn't know what to do with it, you know, but that was like the height of my vision and come to find out afterward, which I did not find out till later, the property that the, the conjuring house sits on is a perfect, is a triangle. Mm. So what does that mean? I don't know, but that's the way the land's cut up. And outside of that, uh, it was the spookiest thing was, was sitting there and feeling like people were walking or somebody was walking in the room with me because I could, I could feel the impact underneath the car, you know? And I actually, you'll see it in the film, I actually turn and like look and look around and then talk to the well, was that you? Once again, yeah. was it this crooked neck woman? What, you know, who, there is definitely someone there. Some people say it's little children that are in the house. After coming out of this, for me, there is a woman in that house or a woman on the land that comes and, and, and interacts with you. But uh, but yeah, that was a that was a super super trippy to stare in that well, especially knowing that there was a snake that could come out. You know, yeah. have you have you or anybody else after the experience that you had um, looked into possible triangle head entities to maybe connect dots on some things? Because and I haven't either, uh, which. I can almost guarantee you by the time I'm saying this now, people are already on their phones looking for yeah, triangle yeah. entities. Right. Yeah. Uh, but um, my my when you were talking about triangle entity, and, and I'm assuming the way you describe it now, we're talking like like um, triangle like this, like 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 the point at the top and not the bottom. But I think what it really is trying to say is pyramid, right? Yeah. But what is a pyramid, right? So like we have the food pyramid, right? And, and, and I, I, I got this, like when I was watching it, I just kept this idea of hierarchy kept on coming to my mind mm -hmm. and how the property has all this stuff at the like, different categories, cryptids, demonic, like like aliens, UFOs, orbs, all this stuff. And it, it all gathers on the bottom, but there's a hierarchy. And as you go up higher, there there's less of individual things happening. So like maybe, and, and this, is, this is where I'm going with this, uh, it, it, my question is, is there, with a conjuring house, is there something, whether you guys experienced it or throughout the history, that maybe people have always said, this happens, but not often. But when it happens, 
it's powerful. Because like, when you were talking about the triangle head entity and now you're talking about the property lines being triangle and stuff, it just, the hierarchy keeps coming to my mind. And mm. for my own curiosity, I was wondering, because like, it, it seems like there could be a lot of uh, things happening on the property, but is there something that happens rarely, but when it happens, wee, it happened, you know? I Yeah, uh, I mean, the... There's there's things that they told us we can't talk about, mm. right? Uh, I think a lot of the things that it ended up in suicides, mm. right? So I, I don't know I, to to answer that question, like because yeah. I, you know, you have what are the things that happen often? Are the lights, the books flying off the shelves, the the chair, wooden chair, just slides across the floor doors opening, you know, all that's normal stuff. You have the cryptid stuff that's really not normal. Mm-hmm. You know, that and then, you know, the the few people that have had experiences there and then committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I don't yeah. know if that answers your question or not. No, yeah, but, uh, it, it, it might be something that, that people could look into and stuff um, philosophically, you know, but it's just... It, when you were talking about the pyramids and stuff, mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, there, there's some kind of symbolism here. And just the idea yeah. of hierarchy kept on coming to me. And, and, and you know, when you said pyramid, I was like, yeah, food pyramid, because that's what I was thinking about, the food pyramid, how, like, <clears throat> as a kid, you're taught the food pyramid and stuff. And I, I was just like, I wonder if there's something to that. Um, but uh, I'm probably just not on track. I just think the the feeling that I got was that it's under the land. If if I had 10 million dollars to truly explore this, I would go under. I would I would tear it up. I wouldn't be surprised if underneath it is a pyramid. Whether it's and underground that tablet or that I was shown, yeah. The tablet that I was shown meant something. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it meant, but it was important. Talk about the tablet. See, they kept showing so us like, things like, when I was uh in the when I was doing Worldgate you know, everything was going well, uh, very good. I, I seen my kids, you know, I, I was happy times. Uh, and I was leaning on the car window. I'm a child and I'm watching the telephone poles fly by and I'm in the car with my mother, but it's not my mother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I see this kid that I love and she's, I'm assuming it was my granddaughter, Right. And then she turns her head like this to me and this like goiter or whatever you want to call it, this huge thing just grows on the side of her neck. Like a tumor? Yeah. And then she lets, looks at me, right? And I'm like, oh, man. Then this tablet shows up. Like that turns into a tablet. Uh, and it's got this ancient writing on it and it's gold. And I've, I've been looking online to see if I can find anything that like throws me. Oh, there it is. That's it right there. Because I feel that them showing me that tablet was was part of what I'm supposed to figure out from this. Mm. But it's like chipped on the edges and it's gold and then that kind of disintegrates into these dreads and then it's the lady looking at me. And when the lady looked at me, that's, that's the part of my experience that I said I went to hell because that's when it was extremely negative. It was bad. You know, uh, but it was back over with in a few minutes. You know, it didn't take long. I don't even remember how I really got out of it. Uh, but I know when the lady stood there, I seen her face and it backed up and then I seen her body. 
And it was just a very negative feeling. But the tablet was right there with her. The tablet turned into her hmm. in my vision, you know, but I have no idea what the tablet was. Uh, I assume it's probably somewhere around there, you know, uh, maybe it's something that's just put there a long time ago. Don't you wish you would have bought that house now? Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a whole house, different conversation, right? Yeah. If I'd have bought that house, nobody would be allowed. <laughs> it would be my private playground. And I'd be like, oh, it, you, it, you it would just be free. It'd just be figured out. And when we we keep talking about places like Skinwalker Ranch, and whether you believe the show or not, clearly they bring in high tech, high tech, yeah, in, right? Yeah. And what's it all leading to? We got to drill into the mesa. There's something mm -hmm. there underground. There's, it's, all, the it's all underground, underground, yep. underground. There's a triangle. There's a where all the yes. things happen. And yes. The economy. The there's this triangle, mm -hmm. and Corey's convinced he lived there for Illuminati. a number of years. That, that it's it's the ground. It's the ground. So if there's spots. Like you said, where yeah. the veil's thinner or, or, and whatever that means, right? That's a term we use because we can reconcile in our head visually what, what that would look like. Why, you know, there's, there's spots mm -hmm. clearly there's spots like that. And what's involved with all these spots, you know, paranormal activity, cryptids, lights, craft, aliens, whatever you want to call it. It all seems to have a, a common theme and it's always about how do you stir up that activity and most cases, like you said, is there a hierarchy where you do certain things and you're going to you get to a different level of engagement, mm -hmm. I guess would be the way to look at it. Like, how do you engage at a higher level? Like, these boys are here for five days and they've got these frequencies playing and they're, they're doing these things, you know, uh, seem to stir it up, you know? Um, so, is this house actually located within the Bridgewater Triangle? Yeah. Yeah. It's part Man. of a bigger, right? you know, it's, I mean, it's part of a bigger thing. Yeah. Uh, and, again, it's a triangle again. Mm -hmm. And see, some of the things you've been talking about are bringing up, as we're talking here, it brings up things maybe we hadn't even thought about since we left mm -hmm. or even had a chance to talk about. So now as you bring them up, now we're going to go back and go, hey, you know, when Tony said this about that, never thought about that. Mm -hmm. You know, let's look into that. So then your viewers will be doing it when they listen to it. Yeah. And we're, between now and then, we're probably going to be doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, uh, I would love if there's any anybody out there listening, if it is pyramids, are pyramids, do they amplify the activity? Meaning we should take our experiments to the pyramids of Giza, mm. you know, around the world, find these and see if it's more intense there or if it's easier to attain you know, I'll tell you what. Oh boy, <laughs> what do you, you got? Um, so one, uh, you bringing up the pyramid, the Great Pyramids and stuff. They talk about them being generating stations, mm -hmm. right. energy, right? Uh, but uh, I got a guy next month coming here in studio who uh, worked within the DoD, uh, and supposedly he knows, at least knows of, if not knows where there are pyramids, or at least a pyramid in the Smokies. Now, this is not going to be a pyramid that would be you'd be able to see with the naked eye. It's probably buried, right? All right. But if I could find this location, we'll open yeah. up the new generating system. <laughs> Free energy for everybody in Tennessee, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> so We'll start there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I'll tell you, I feel like my mic's about to fall off the stand. Uh, but um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating stuff. That's really fascinating. All right, so let's start transitioning into the seance conversation here. Uh, this was, a, of everything that you guys did 
that I saw, I was like, the seance was the, the, the thing. There was other things that I was like, uh, I don't know if I'd do that. The seance, I was like, absolutely not. Never will I ever, you know? And, and you guys are like, okay, cool. Hands on table, you know? And I was just like, yo, these guys are crazy. Right. So, uh, who is the guy? Tell me the background of the guy because I know you talked to me about the guy before. Tell me about this guy that did the seance. Yes, yes Carl. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 Carl. Yes, is a comely, comely wench. The spirits are are saying now. I'm I'm picking up something. Yeah, yes, Joseph, young Joseph. With your beard, your bearded dragons here I'm surrounded by. We, we make fun of that. because he, he, he is he, not in studio right now, he, by the way. He, he was kind of like a permanent renaissance festival guy. Yeah. Right? But he was the original guy. The first the, person to investigate the house. Ever. 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 Yeah. Wow. Back in the day. Yeah. Wow. And he's got, it's interesting, he's got like a twin brother. And it's kind of like the devil on your shoulder and the angel on one. Like the other one's like. He's a priest. He's a priest. Are you serious? Yeah, his brother's a priest. Oh my gosh. Right? And so, and then here's Carl, like deep into all this other stuff. Like you see pictures of Carl's Facebook page and it's like, the crow mask with the big black nose. Are you? Yeah. He's all in. And and, and you see these guys over the years are, you know, they they collaborate on stuff. It's just the oddest thing. I went on a werewolf hunt with Carl years ago, right? There was in, um, What's the big city? Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, there was a werewolf being reported. In, in town. In town. Wow. In the city limits. They had like a few acres, maybe seven to ten acres of wooded area in the town around this pond, or maybe it was a river. Uh, but there was a werewolf being reported there around these uh, apartment complexes. And so I met him there, and, you know, he's he's a luciferian i guess right Mm -hmm. uh super chill dude though like fun to hang out with and you know once again they told us the gloves were off (laughs) i told that to carl and i think what Corey thought because it's my understanding carl's not allowed there anymore because of this uh because of what you guys did because of what we did wow so um and I could be wrong, but the, my understanding, what I've been told. Uh, but so, Corey's like, yeah, Carl's done it for Ghost Adventures, yada, yada. It's the same old thing, man. Have fun. Enjoy it. You'll like it. You know, it, it's cool. Some stuff will happen. And, but, you know, do whatever. And I told Carl, I said, hey, bud, the gloves are off. Let's do it. <laughs> and he's like, you really want to go for it? And I said, we, I was like, what do we need? Do you want to cut ourselves? What do you want to do? You know, because like, I just want to experience it, right? And if we have to do these methods, then we got to do these methods. Uh, and so we didn't think nothing of it. Come night of, we're sitting there and Carl breaks out this wand. Yeah. And like the rock will turn people away from touching it once they know what it is or there's a certain aura to it. When he sat that wand on the table, I was like, oh, I didn't know if I wanted to. I mean, I did, but it was like, hey, this is your time to get out, you know? And then, <clears throat> so the gloves are off and we went for it and it starts, you don't hear it in the film, but it uh, starts with Lucifer's hymn. He's playing a certain song, right? And then he recites some words, you know, and, uh, me leading into it, I was really, really excited. You know, I was like, okay, Carl, 
Carl knows his stuff as a demonologist and Luciferian and all that. He's your guy if you're wanting to do occult kind of things, right? And plus, he's had a history for the house. I believe he was there for the Warren Seance, the original oh, wow. Seance. Yeah. You know what I mean? When the girl flew across. Wow. Uh, and he has stories from the house. He's been going there for years, and I hope that it. I hope that's not true. That he's not allowed to go back there because it, it was not his fault. It was mine. You told me the gloves are off. I relayed the message. Hey, bro, we need to see it. We need to do it. Let's get it done, bro. Let's make some believers. I got I got a cameraman that don't believe. That's not your fault. That's Corey's fault. <laughs> uh, but yeah, another thing is I was trying to prove to my buddy that this stuff exists, you know, and he's filming it, but he's a skeptic coming to the house. Like mm. Staunch skeptic, bro. Uh, you know, he's got to see some stuff. And well, I, I hope he I hope he's seen some stuff. But it was it was wild, you know. I don't know what I don't know what everybody else thought going into it, but I was like prepared. I was ready for this. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, it was, it was the most excited thing that we were going, exciting thing that we were going to do in my book, going into it. But you know, what what did you? How did you feel about I, it? You know, I was still riding off the the while the world gate for me and hearing the moan when I was in that library and that light flashed and and I physically when you physically see and feel something. I kind of had that feeling of like, I'm good, man. Like I experienced something in the conjuring house that was legit and there's no way to debunk it. And you got static electricity and other people felt it. I thought I was kind of just chill with it. Right. So I was kind of like, I'm just going along for the ride. I didn't have, I didn't know what to expect, but at this point I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll get the tinglys again or something. But, um, you know, that wand or whatever he laid out there too, it just looked like, it almost looked like an, to me, it felt like an artifact, like something real, like, okay, now you just brought in some kind mm -hmm. of artifact here into the mix. So it, there was something to it. Right. And, and as he's going along, we're hearing knocks like on the walls and stuff a little bit. And I'm like, Oh, it's, you know, it's really going to happen. Then like this stuff is happening. And there was this door that was open about that much. And as you saw too, you just look out of the corner of your eye and it kept moving. Like this door was moving open and closed a little bit. And Joey, uh, the skeptic cameraman, you had a little bit of a, you heard something in your ear or what? Or what? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he kept moving towards that clock too that didn't work. Uh, and so there was just some stuff bubbling up like noises, mm. doors moving a little bit here and there. And um, it seemed like, how long did that go on for? It was an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, it didn't seem that long at all to me while we're doing it, you know, at all. But, you know, Josh isn't here clearly, but uh, when um, he was telling, tell him the part about the candle. I think that's how it started. Oh, yeah. yeah, so, okay, mm -hmm. we get into it. <clears throat> Because you start feeling tingling in your hands. Before you go any further, let me ask you a question about the seance stuff. I've never done a seance, you know? <laughs> never going to do a Highly seance. recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. Um, I'd rather stab myself in the eyes. Uh, I saw you guys lifting your hands off the table at times, even the, the, the main guy doing it. I was always under the impression that you shouldn't be doing that. Is that, is that a, just false or what? To my understanding, we didn't even have to put our hands down. 
Mm. Right? Like, uh, this is coming from him, though, you know, and I'm trusting this guy. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, but he wanted us to put our hands down, wasn't necessary. Um, I think it was about like the shots of brandy at the beginning. Yeah. He had some type of uh, liquor for everybody to take a shot of before we did it. Uh, but as we're as we're keeping our hands down there, you start to feel it's like they're getting charged. Hmm. You can feel it up into your elbow, and then it's up into the back of your neck, and then my face is burning. My face felt like it was on fire. Um, is that a similar experience for everybody? I felt the tingling at one point when I had my hands on there. And that's what I think it more like you could feel something a little bit, so you're kind of testing it. Like, is my hand falling asleep because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just laying it here? But uh and even Carl referenced in that seance too. His it felt like his hands were being moved a certain way, but beyond that, mine was more when Josh was having these moments, you know, and Stacy too. It was more out of concern for them. Like I, my attention kind of diverted, and then I kept seeing that door move, and so I'm starting to be like aware of what's going on around me. And it was very hard for me to focus in the moment of what you know Carl and following along what he's saying because. Stuff was kind of happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so like Carl said, we give ourselves to you. And that was another point in the seance where it was like, all right, we just turned on the turbo button. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? And I'm over here in the moment. <clears throat> you can do whatever you need to. Scratch me. Do whatever you got to do. Show me. Show me you can do these things. Almost like... Zach Baggins calling it yeah, yeah. out, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then I tell everybody I was because I keep getting these messages in my head, and it's your gut feeling, right? So what's coming from your gut feeling? Lean into that. What are you thinking right now? Lean into it. So I'm like, okay, everybody, put a task for the demon or the the energy to do. Think about it in your mind. What you want it to do. And I'm looking at this candle, and I'm like, put that candle out. Put that candle out. I'm saying this stuff in my head. Put that candle out. Put that candle out. Put that candle out. Josh reaches up and puts the candle out. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then Josh doesn't know he's done it. Yes. You know, uh, and Joey's like, you just, why'd you do that? Why'd you put the candle out? And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, turn your hand over. And there's wax on it. And so Josh is a diabetic. Yeah. Okay. Uh it's one of the only people, I think, in the world who has changed. Because if you're a diabetic and you acquire diabetes, uh, you get type 2, right? If you're born with diabetes, you have type 1. Josh never had diabetes, and then now he's type 1. They, they like, study him down at Shands. They study him and his daughter. Hmm. Like, he goes down there every, like, I think, six or eight weeks. <clears throat> um, but anyways, we thought, Maybe something was happening to him because you see he's rubbing the back of his neck and then he goes to put his hand down and it just slams on the table, right? And everybody's, and you can see Carl. Carl knows what's going mm -hmm. on. Carl's not telling us that this is all par for the course. You know what I mean? Carl's just like looking at him and uh, you just start seeing the muscle yeah. on his arm jumping, like spazzing or something very strange and um then we're hearing footsteps around the table uh 
Joey moved to the fireplace. And the fireplace got a little brick like layout in front of it. He moves to the fireplace to make sure it's not the floor creaking from him. But it's not. There, there's footsteps going around the table. Um, and then what happened? Then uh, we're getting into it, and I get sick. And I'm like, I feel like I have to throw up. I go outside and throw up what you don't see in the film, and we'll play the clip right now. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, Bill's girlfriend was directly above us in this closet mirror gazing and you see her hair lift up in the back really? she screams and runs out of the house and it's the same time that I get sick hmm. and I'm outside throwing up and then I come back in for round two right and we go further Carl's like alright we're gonna give it a little bit longer you know we're gonna see what else we can do and you know Carl starts like I, I don't want to I want to move my arms up. You know, he's like, he's talking about how this thing is making him feel and stuff. Carl? Yeah. Carl, the the guy that's leading the seance. And with seance, it's a lot of, uh, because like with Bill, he's sitting there and he's just kind of observing like what in the world's going on, you know. Um, With the seance, you have to kind of lean into the thoughts you're getting because that's the point of it. The thoughts that you're getting are from that thing trying to communicate with you. And so if you ignore these thoughts, then you're blocking that communication, right? Um, And so there comes a point where I feel like somebody has stuck me with a frog gig in the gut and they're turning it, right? And my, my legs keep wanting to come up, right? And so I'm like doubled over. I'm hurting. Uh... I'm like, for some reason, uncontrollably saying no, 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 and then boom, Josh's head hits the table. You you automatically are like. Yeah, I put, because I thought he maybe he fell out, like, because he, he was having real struggles with his diabetes at the time, but he just went like straight up, you know, face head plant, down, no face catch. plant. So I kind of put my hand on him. I'm looking like, do we stop this whole thing right now or? Or do we not? And Stacy's over there, like legs spasming, yeah. and still got puke on the side of his face or something. And uh, I think I met where I messed up is like before I threw up, I started reciting a, a Alistair Crowley <laughs> hymn. And so <laughs> I, I think where I messed up is <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. fast forward. He's got vomit stuck in his beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So then. And Josh does that, and and what's happening is Carl's trying to reel it back. He's trying to get the thing out of here. We're done. You need to leave, yada, yada, and the pain's getting worse. Josh doesn't just slam his head one time. He picks it up, does it again. This happens how many times? I think he did it Yeah, he does times. it like in succession. Three mm-hmm. three times. Yeah. He's mocking the Trinity is the only mm-hmm. thing I can think of that. Like why does it all? Plus, we had been asking for a knock. Yeah, we've been we got knocks. And they use his head. (laughs) Boom, boom, (laughs) boom, and then Carl's like, "Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye," and slams the table. It's over with. I'm like, oh, I just walk outside. Corey's like, "Take your shoes off." 
He's like, come over here, hug this tree. He's like, damn it. He's cussing at me. He's like, you're so susceptible to this stuff. Why do you do these things? Yada, yada. He's like, hold that tree. And I'm like, what if that's poison? He's like, hold the tree. I'm going to slam you into the tree. Corey's a huge big boy, yeah. like combat veteran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's a big guy. And uh, so he's got me out in the yard, wrapped up around this tree, tree hugger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hippie. So funny. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like hugging me. And he's like, you can cry now, dude. You can cry now. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, bro, this is so. It was, it was wild. Mm-hmm. It was wild, but um, that was the most intense seance I'd ever been in, and it, I would do it again because there's a certain kind of feeling you get when you do you want answers. Okay, now you're getting answers. Yeah, a knife in the stomach. Well, a can we feeling go, you get? Yeah. Can we go further? Uh, does that dial off? You know, does it get to a point where it's like you got to rip the bandaid off? Does that go away? There's when you said that we were left with questions. Those are the questions I had. So, so uh, Josh, right? Yeah, yeah. Head slammer, Josh. Yeah. yeah okay. So, Josh, um, what 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 is his recollection? of that event none none even the head slam and so afterwards i insisted that he he has that uh thing where you're phone and you check your blood sugar his insulin level i insisted that he do that right after that to make sure like we headed towards diabetic coma Mm -hmm. was this that it was totally normal because like no i already took my stuff it totally normal um and then asking him about the stuff he's looking at you with that blank look like yeah you could see it in his eyes. What are you talking about? He didn't. What are you talking about? He wasn't connected. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I don't, what do you mean? Hit you know, for the people that say that's a put on, his arm is spasming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can yeah. see, the we ca- catch that on camera, yeah. his muscles are involuntarily moving. Yep, Carl's going right. through the same thing now, mind you. Carl's rubbing the table. He's like, I just feel like I run up a driveway. And he's like, I mm-hmm. want to raise my arm and all this stuff. And I'm like, give into it, guys. Mm-hmm. Give in to it. Let's keep going. That's the problem. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. You identified it. Yeah. <laughs> he identified was, it himself. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing was, Bill, Bill wasn't experiencing anything. You weren't um really experiencing anything. And I wasn't, but I was distracted. Yeah. That because th- there was so much going on around. Right. And because I'm right next to that door that goes to the kitchen and I'm sitting next to Carl. And that door is just constantly inching open. I mean, like, just, you can hear it. And then you can hear, I think it was the library door yeah. or the clock door at the same thing. And then there's there's movement around us. And right before you got sick, not right before, in my mind, I you know, when, I, when it happened, it was like, I saw the shadow, the door flew open to the, the conjuring house. The front door flew open. And then he got sick and she screamed and he ran out. Now, in watching it back, there was a little bit of time between all that, but I saw a shadow and I even say, I, I saw a shadow go across and then the door comes open and there's nobody over there and nobody out there. Hmm. And then you get sick and run out. It's like something opened the door right. for you and Michelle screams mm-hmm. right as you get sick. And she said something like, are you guys done? You know, what's going on or something like that. But it was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And it was the timing but going back, watching that, when you're watching Josh, when he's sitting there, I was watching him before he hit his head. You can see he's not connected. He's blank, and he's he's doing this. He's ramping up to that, and then all of a sudden, it's boom, and he slams his head down, and he's got no clue. Yeah. Wow. 
one thing that like Aleister Crowley would do to prepare himself to have experiences is to not sleep as much. Real simple. But it just, lack of sleep will bring you closer to the veil, closer. And we're staying in the conjuring house, which now that we know, like you stay there, it's going to poison you to, to some effect. Yeah. So you have this group of individuals who, who are intentionally willing experiences to come to them while simultaneously not taking care of their body the way you need to, to be fully cemented in this reality. And for some people, I'll go, some people can drift farther. And I think the diabetic does play into it. I don't think it was, but the yeah. fact that he was already in a weakened state, now we, we're not, we weren't eating well, we weren't sleeping mm -hmm. well, Chips like nothing. For a week. Yeah, for a week. <laughs> so we were breaking down and getting closer. So that's why I think it was just so profound and, and especially profound for him. Because mm -hmm. yeah. he, was, he was already kind of dreaming in a sense. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, it was pretty, w whether people believe it or not, Watch the whole thing and see that that it's building and it's building and it's building and we don't understand it. You know, maybe someone out there can explain it more. Oh well, he had this motor skill thing that went off and da 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 da. And okay, it's a lot of coincidence. It's a lot of coincidence yeah. because you have skeptics. You have people that they weren't. He's puking. He's slamming yeah, his head. I, they're just watching. Stacey, but shit's going on all around. Yeah, and so you brought all up a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he brought up a good point about lean into it. Yeah, and and listen to it. At some point, some half of us leaned into it, like Josh and Stacy and Carl, and the other half became observers. Like we were distracted by what was going on, and I started focusing on listening and and wanting to see the door move and wanting to hear the little knocks and watching Stacy like build up because I knew like he's going to snap. I don't know in what form, but mm -hmm. he puked, and then Josh was just kind of knowing he's diabetic and looked kind of catatonic. And then slammed his head, and now it's like I'm I'm just watching now, you mm -hmm. know. So wow, that, yeah, that, that whole that whole thing is just it's wild uh, how it all kind of mm -hmm. unfolded. Uh, you were down at the well. He was doing the well He's while we were doing this. Yeah, I'm hoping whatever they're stirring up is going to come greet me first through the well. I yeah, did, you know. Yeah. So, but I was having my visions of triangle heads. Yeah. Uh, now, the only thing I was going to say is, you know, I was a late addition to this whole thing. And very early on, I, I even joked with Stacy. I felt like the guy had, that responded to the human bait ad, you know, because <laughs> right. I, the, my prior experience was a Bigfoot expedition with Stacy, and that's how I met him. We stayed in touch. But the two things I said I wouldn't do was Ouija board or seance. And, of course, they asked me to do a seance, so I'm not going to say no. I still have never done a Ouija board, but I've been present for it. But, I see Josh— yeah, I've known Josh for a really long time, and that dude to follow me. Where hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Like, just think about the spots I've taken you. Josh been like ten times into that, you know, and he leaned into it. Mm -hmm. He leaned into it. We and and that was, I felt bad afterwards. You know, it's like. Shh. Is there any, uh, and maybe this is a good way to transition into the after effects. You guys leave, you guys, you know, had, I don't know if it was a hitchhiker effect or what, but life was different after this experience for a week. Um, <clears throat> with Josh, has there been any of that? I mean, what I saw on camera, what you guys are describing, I'm like, homeboy looks like he got possessed. Like, mm. has, has he experienced anything since? Here's, here's a part about Josh's story that's not in the movie. 
Josh sees in the in the first world gate, he's seeing his family laughing. Uh, he's seeing he's seeing faces. He's and but he's seeing only the dead people. And his granddaddy's there, who is still alive. So we had a guy named Jerry that was there. He came over from the Lizzie Borden house, friend of ours, and he pulled me aside and he says, "Stacy, um, he claims to be a psychic. Okay, uh, I hear that a lot. I don't put much in it." You know what I mean? Uh, but he's like, listen, um, I had a dream about Josh's mom last night, and she's she's crying. Something's wrong. I need to tell Josh that he needs to call her, but I don't want to go up to him and tell him because Josh looks scary to Jerry, right? Very intimidating. I was like, dude, Josh is a teddy bear, bro. Run over, tell him what the hell you want to. You know, if anything, he's just going to take it the hell out of his face. So Josh goes and or Jerry goes and tells Josh. Josh's like, okay, I'll call her. Josh's granddad dies when we're in the line yeah. getting on the airplane going home. Hmm. Passes away, right? He get remember we were at the airport and he gets the call. And it was like, dude, what's what's the coincidences or chances of a coincidence like that? You know, so it was wild. He had he had immediate effects uh there for a while. You know, I wish he could I wish he was here so he could speak about them. You know, and I don't want to tell his business like that, but I think everybody that was involved in that seance had some negative stuff immediately or in the following months. I know Joey's house had some trouble, tree catches fire, yeah, flooding in your house and things like that, like. So my property was stolen from me and sold out from under me. Like oh, there was, there was a bunch of a bunch of stuff that went on. It was very negative following that experience. Could it be from that experience? Have to do it again, you know, to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's always like <laughs> he, he corroborative and uh, repeatable. <laughs> yeah, we just gotta see. <laughs> we're we're applying the scientific method yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, gotta dive back in yeah. harder next time. Yeah. Everybody, open yourselves up. Yeah, <laughs> I was possessed. I want to go back again just to make sure I get. <laughs> Possessed, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Repossessed. Wow. It, didn't, it didn't stick. It lasted for a while, but I, I wanted to stick. Jeez. So, anybody else have anything? I, I described mine. Yeah. I think you know. I, we don't have to rehash the the year I've had really since mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Well, I, I just think it's. I wasn't in the actual seance. I was doing the well wishes, but um, I had nothing negative afterwards. So I know everyone had a bunch befall them. Um, so I don't know what that means, even though I was kind of linked to the experiment, so to speak. But I didn't know deaths, know anything crazy. What? So let me ask you this. Uh, this is just a thought that I have. Yeah. You, you're not part of Worldgate, and now you're not part of the seance. Why not? The, why not the seance? Seance, I think. I don't know why you were in a part of the sense. You told there, me because there's a part of the f- film that we just don't have time to put in. But the energy in that house was getting very violent and very mean. And 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 since he was most open to it, it was kind of channeling through him. So at certain points, uh, some of us were just trying to do our own thing and trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to make it work. 
And I was kind of like you, like, it's not like I'm a big believer, but I also, why am I going to mess with that? Like I could do something else. Worldgate, I wanted to be in. Like I, I'm still pissed. Like I'm pissed. I, I missed <laughs> Traversing out universes? Are you kidding yeah, me? Like yeah. I'm in for that. Who doesn't? <laughs> Seance, whatever. But, and, and originally one of the ideas too was to cut, to have stuff to cut back and forth to, to break it up. We didn't know it was going to be so good, Yeah. you know? So now you would have this where we could go back and forth between me and the well. Is anything happening now that they've vamped it up? You know, he's hitting his head on the table. Are you seeing... Bathsheba, are you seeing demons? You what, What's going on? Mm. Um, so, but you know, when you do these things, it, it evolves and it changes. Mm. And for me, there were there were no negative effects at the end of it. But that could be because I was not sitting at that table. You seem like a very positive person. I wonder if even if there was something negative going on, you'd be like, "Ah, that's yeah, good." He would, yeah, he super positive. It. I would see, I would see how it was positive. Well, when I bang my head, now I, you know, now I can start yeah. listening to heavy. Yeah, metal. like a, yeah. a, a <laughs> demon. A demon appears in front of RPG and he turns into Mark Wahlberg. You good, bud? Huh? <laughs> you all right? Well, you no, good? I'd make love hey, to man. it. You know. <laughs> difference i'll tell you the first time meeting you rpg was at the uh not the ohio the uh, smoking mountain bigfoot conference and i i remember walking away and i'm like this guy just makes you feel loved like he just makes you feel like 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 you've known him for a long time and you're just like man i just feel like i just I feel I feel I'm the oddball on this team. Uh, you know, like everyone's rough and gruff from really badass past. And I'm yeah. like, dude, have you ever hugged five bunnies at the same time? I know. Like he's, he's just such, such a kind person. He's the mom. He's the like, mom of the group. He's in there yeah, making us jelly well, sandwiches no, as yeah. we're Let getting me tell him. No, no, no. He's pissed. So he's standing there pissed. You know, we're working. And I'm sitting there making cereal. And I'm looking at everyone's, you know, we're working. We're working hard, right? Yeah. And my natural instinct, not... I'm a caretaker. I, I care for people. I want to care for people. So I'm just going to make sandwiches for everyone if they want it. Like, that's maybe not what other people think. But I look at him I'm like, you got to eat something. I have something. He just looks at me and he's like, you're the team mom, like an insult, right? <laughs> and I went, yeah, I am. And you're the team dad. And he's like, oh, but it, like, you know, like, <laughs> I accept it. I want to care for all of them. I mean, at the end of the day, what we're doing, yeah, is, is, is scary. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think you need at least one person on the squad that's going to shit positivity and light on that's it. you man you know now if there's an experiment that really needs and maybe that's why i wasn't in the seance you know and this is coming fresh right now mm -hmm. maybe i wasn't because i might have messed it up by sitting there being so positive instead of diving deeper like they did mm -hmm. you know so maybe there's a reason yeah and, and that'll come out in time but oh yeah absolutely man we all we're all kings and queens and amazing and anyone takes that away from you you tell them to f off you know now, there was there was the part where you got you yelled at everybody Oh yeah, I don't oh, know yeah. if you remember I'm, I'm that. not that guy. I snapped. Yeah. Bro uh, is jacked and screaming at everybody in the house. Get out, rock and roll, 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 roll. Yeah. And, like, and nobody <laughs> understands why. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I, I, uh, it was after the second world gate and all this stuff was going on and people were milling around and were like, we need to go now when it's active and film. And I've mentioned it a few times, and then something just popped in my head, and I said, "Everybody, get a person with an effing camera. We're here to make an effing film and break it up right now." Like I, I snapped, and that's I never do that. Like that's not my nature. I mean, it was in my past, but it brings out, it brought out the. Uh, I mean, I've never done that, right? No, I've never. And Corey said, "If you stay at this house long enough, you're going to get this little thing on your shoulder that's going to tell you get the last word in." Make them pay. Let them know. And that started to leak out in us. And yeah. it's not like we're all not nice cheap. people, but it started leaking yeah, out. Yeah, because Stacy, yeah, we all had like a blow up. Yeah, it, it sounds. I know Stacy did. I know I did. Yeah. It sounds cheap, you know, and like cliche, but that house, 
I don't know how you could live there. No. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, like, Bill stayed there two years. How the hell did you do that? Although after what, like he he said he had thought about suicide and stuff. Got you know it got so bad he had to leave. But it it's, you know, it, it like even the kids the daycare right that's right that's kind of weird right yeah yeah I mean kids I mean say they're there for eight hours a day I mean that's that's hard on the kids mm-hmm. like I'd like to do a follow up with those kids yeah. now right yeah. Let's see or what their life's been could like. could you imagine if you could track down some of those yeah. kids and, oh, so yeah, that's a documentary really, in itself yeah, here's that a story is a great idea. Uh, Bill just told me that this morning on the way over here when I was asking about the crooked neck lady because I didn't know. I didn't want to come in here and talk about it. I was like, yeah, we had these experiences with a woman. There's stuff drawn. Is that BS or not? But he's like, dude, listen, one of them kids I got a hold of. And he, this guy's a military guy. And so when he was there in 1990, uh, he would play with this kid, Matthew, every day. He'd play with Matthew in the basement. they play in the yard, all over the place. One day, Matthew doesn't show up, and he asks where Matthew's at, and they're like, who in the world are you talking about? Are you serious? Yeah, and then they tell him that the house had burnt. There was a fire at some point, uh, but they couldn't find a record of a a child dying there. But it it doesn't mean it didn't happen down the street, you know, because the way I look at that, the way I look at that property is it is a light in a sea of darkness. And so, therefore, all the energy is drawn to it like a moth to a flame. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I viewed it. What, what about the boy that, uh, that I'm sorry, what, uh, the boy that drank the poison or something and then crawled up into the rafters and died? That was the only story I had heard about the house about a boy dying. I, I just don't remember that boy's name. I don't remember neither, but. Uh, this guy was a bill that actually tracked one of those guys down though that had stayed there was in the daycare, you know, and he's playing with a kid that didn't exist. That's so, crazy. Yeah, right. That's but didn't problem. we all growing up? I had an imaginary friend. I didn't. You yeah. didn't? Mm-hmm. Nothing? Not like that. My sister had yeah. multiple. <laughs> oh, I had no full on like everything to where there was not really intervention, but talking to mm-hmm. about it's not real. You have to let that go. So did yeah. you see it? I, it's so long ago. I don't wow. remember. I just knew that I had, not, and it wasn't just one. I had multiple good buddies. Mm-hmm. And our culture tells you to release that, and that's not real. And then it just, you're just blind to it, you know, afterwards. I wonder. I wonder what that is. Yeah, no, I, I actually. Schizophrenia? <laughs> is that accurate? Or? I, 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 I thought about uh, talking with my sister about it sometimes uh, when I first started the podcast, because I think I texted her once and I said, remember your, your imaginary friends? Yeah. And I'm like, do you think they were imaginary? And she's like, well, we should talk mm-hmm. about it sometime. And we never talked about it. But <laughs> Well, like, so when you're a child, your, your brain hasn't formed into two hemispheres yet. It's still one. Mm. And that was the purpose of the world gate to okay. get our mind back into that state. When we were a child, because children see these things way more than everybody else. And, and that's what you're trying to do. Hemi-sync is to sync up the two, uh, you know, hemispheres so that you can have these visions Mm. and stuff like that. So, well, I think we're going to bring this in for a landing. Um, There's so many, uh, so many things. This has just been a fantastic conversation. I think that these uh, guys that everybody got a chance to listen to are absolutely bonkers crazy, Uh, but it takes the bonker crazy guys to do the, the, the things that nobody else is willing to do. And I appreciate you guys coming and sharing about this experience. Uh, before we, we get out of here, uh, 
what what's the idea as far as this film goes? Uh, is are they going to be able to find it on? Because we're uh, we're recording right now before right. it was released. It's still in production. So uh, what's the idea? Are people going to be able to find it other places other than YouTube? Uh, yeah, it won't be on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be uh, Amazon, Apple, all those uh, streaming VOD services. Um, because I'm trying to as soon as we get done here go to the house, start working on this, at least have this part in the movie done by Friday. Maybe a little bit of trimming down on it because I think what we handed you was an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah, 35, yeah. Yeah, uh, so we got to see how that feels. It feels long, mm. you know what I mean? Because like the seance, the seance is an hour and 37 minutes. I cut it to 51 minutes. I was like, I don't know what else to do. And then RPG's like, all right, here. And then I think we got it down to 20-something minutes now, you know, but you mm. don't want to bore people. Yeah. Be looking for this awesome. the Conjuring House experiments. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys being here. Everybody listening right now. Thank you very much for tuning in to another heater of an episode. Uh, we are going to be back next week for another one, but these guys were awesome. And uh, until next week, stay safe, take care, and re remember the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. Just another carcass on another carcass They just say it's harmless